1: Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: The Cardinals need Jack Fleury to figure some things out. Let's see what he has in store tonight in game one. There's a swing and a miss. Perfect pitch. Breaking ball, got it. Pull the string, beauty. Two strikeouts. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. That's three straight strikeouts. On the mound and dominating is where Jack Flaherty is supposed to be. And that one is cut on and missed. Anderson is strikeout victim number 10. Season high 10 strikeouts for Jack Flaherty. Jack was an ace in game one tonight.
4: Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter, and we are joined for our cardinal power hour by our guy brad thompson you heard him on the call last night and some of those cuts alongside chip Carey, Bally sports midwest uh bt first and foremost how, how you doing today i am doing great today how are you guys doing well after last night bt my first question to you is is this the greatest last place team <laughs> in mlb history Look,
0: Anthony, you always do this. You take something that is good. You take something that is happy. You take a joyous event and occasion and time, and then you turn it into something negative. And, yes, you're damn right it is. (laughs) It is the best, absolutely the best last place team uh, that is out there. Uh, things, as we all know, did not go well for quite some time. Things here recently have gone very, very well for the Birds. But what an encouraging time. Look, we'll get into the offense, we'll get into everything Gorman, Arenado. Uh, but to me, the biggest story to come out of yesterday were the highlights that we were hearing there of Jack Flaherty, because that's exactly what the Cardinals needed. And for the first time all season long he pitched like a front end of the rotation pitcher as opposed to somebody that's just in the rotation back end like his stuff looked good he executed it was awesome to watch
4: he struck out 10 over seven scoreless innings the brewers the Cardinals smoked the brewers 18 to 1. flaherty the 10ks season high he got 17 swings and misses all told his second quality start of the year lowered his ERA to 524, which still is an indication of how much he has struggled previously to this. But, BT, talk to us. So, Wilson Contreras, he's, he's put back behind the dish last night. All is all is kind of forgiven, or they got past whatever it was a couple of no, weeks ago. It's all ago. better now, Anthony. It's all had better week, now. Everything's week good. Fix it. Had a whole week to fix it. They apparently did. We're good now. But last night, Jack Flaherty's stuff was on point and i don't think that it's any coincidence that his stuff looked better so therefore he pitched better what was it about flaherty last night that was apparent to you that wasn't there in his previous two starts
0: fastball command is the first thing uh and boy it wasn't there right at the beginning of the game was it when he threw his first five pitches they were all balls and was warming up darn it it. he's warming Ah, up boy it was it was one of those things too where you watched it when you were watching him against christian yellow uh, and he did walk him on four pitches you're like man the ball's coming out well but he missed arm side four times you think ah not not again not again can't do that but the strikes with the fastball that's the biggest thing he threw his fastball for a strike yesterday guys 75 percent of the time just to to use as like a um A way to gauge it, like how good that was opposed to the last times out against the Angels. The last time that Contreras was catching him, he threw his fastball for a strike 48% of the time. So nearly 30% of the time, better that he was able to throw that pitch for a strike. And we saw it up there at 96 miles an hour. We saw him average at 93 with that pitch. And you look back at the last four starts for Jack Flaherty. 91.6 was the average against the Cubs, 91.3 was the average against the Angels, and 91.2 was the average against the Dodgers, this time at 93. I know that he talked about toying with the velocity and it's called pitching, and if you don't know that, you don't know pitching. Look, he reared back and threw the baseball, and he put 93 on average where he wanted to. That was the biggest difference. And then when he got to two strikes, boys, he didn't throw the spinning slider down the middle. He didn't miss with the changeup. He didn't miss with the hook. He buried pitches. Again, he pitched with conviction. He pitched with a conviction that he hasn't appeared, like just appearance-wise, just us watching. It didn't look like he has had that all year long. Jack needed that one. The Cardinals needed that one. And I liked how he and Contreras worked together.
2: VT, his overall uh velocity on the fastball it didn't fluctuate as much last night is is that something he just changed or is or was it by design before because he was you know trying to manage his pitch count
0: i I really don't know honestly uh and i I think that jack I, i know jack last time out against the cubs he was ticked off about how it went boy he did not like the question at all about the velocity and maybe Jack just thought to himself, you know what, let's check the questions, forget the questions, let's go out there and let's just let it eat. And that's what he did. So um, it, he didn't look any worse for the wear. I'll tell you that as he's getting in there and he's throwing 100 plus pitches in the seventh inning and you're still seeing 95 miles an hour. So uh, I wouldn't be if I were him, I wouldn't be tinkering with the velocity quite as much. Now, he did a little bit. You saw a couple of them, you know, 90 sinking it, bottom of the zone. And that's another one of the biggest keys that he was actually working the bottom of the zone as opposed to missing middle, missing up. But that is, that's where Jack is effective. Jack is effective with the velocity. The fact that he had 95, 96 in the tank, you know how much better that makes all of his other stuff? You know how aware you have to be as a hitter when somebody's got that and he's putting it where he wants to? Then I, I love how he shaped his slider differently. Sometimes you'd see him with the bigger slider. Other times it would be a little bit tie- tighter, not quite the cutter, but just a little tighter slider. The breaking ball had more depth on it than we've seen in the past. Like, I don't know what switch flip for Jack. I don't know if he finally just uh, hit the effort it button and I'm just gonna go out there and just, just let it rip. I'm tired of answering all these questions. I don't know if he just got fed up. I don't know if he fixed something mechanically i don't know if he just had a a different thought process but he looked like a different pitcher and he looked like a guy that the cardinals are going to need the rest of the way
4: what was it the easy button was that staples yeah easy button i think so so you know now jack's just got the effort button hopefully the whole team wow m- at some point hit, hit that button
2: some of the offense has that's for sure yeah i would
4: say so we'll get when we will get into the offense so the question now and, and none of us can answer that we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see but the the question now is can jack flair to repeat the performance and J- jamie you and i looked at the statistics yesterday and you know we were talking about all oh, the 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 behavior after games, the behavior on the field, all that stuff. is said, forget it. It doesn't matter. The statistics are terrible for Jack Flaherty. And if you look at hard hit rate and the barrel percentage and the expected statistics, none of them were good. But the uh, the barrel rate was, was was very low. The barrel, It wasn't very good, Brad. The barrel rate uh, no, remains, no, no. remains low. I just like
0: hearing the nerd voice. Yeah,
4: The barrel rate remains low, guys. But after one start, a lot of this is now trending more toward average so that was a that was a huge start a huge performance last night if he can limit the walks if he could trust the stuff then i think it's repeatable but we're just gonna have to wait and see because the other starts count too last last night was incredibly impressive impressive the the previous two starts where he was knocked out early and you're leaning on your bullpen and front you know potentially frying them out for for an entire series they count too so we're just gonna have to wait and see if Jack Flaherty can repeat what he, what he did last night
0: yeah but for jack they don't and i'm dead serious when i say that like none of that crap matters no for jack him you're right done yeah for what matters now is you you build off of that one you went out there against the team that is leading the division the team that you're trying to hunt down right now and the cardinals are, are very fortunate that the brewers and the pirates boy it's still weird to say the pirates but all of the teams in the central have given some breathing room back to the cardinals they're playing good baseball but all of those games in the past mean nothing to Jack. Like the ERA right now sitting at 5'2'4. That means nothing. Can he go out there and just let it rip and be that guy, right? Be that, that, well, I won't even throw out the term ace, okay? Just be a guy that you can trust and know that he can go out and miss some bats and put the ball where he wants to. That's the only thing that he needs to focus
4: on. Yeah, from his standpoint, it's like, oh, no, they, my season started last night. That's me. For us, an evaluation and and knowing whether or not he's going to be the guy he was last night or the previous starts, again, we're just gonna have to wait and see on that. Cardinals Brewers continue their series tonight at six forty five with Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. BT is with us for the first hour, so let's get into the Wilson Contreras conversation. Interesting comments by Wilson before before the game, and it's actually I think on Sunday when reporters asked him, "Hey, you're going to be back in." the lineup as a catcher on Monday night has anything changed for you and, and Wilson Contreras is like nah, Nothing. nah we're good well last <laughs> night all, all's well uh, that ends well for Wilson Contreras but we're getting to that conversation and talk about what, what the direction now is for Contreras and the Cardinals from a catching standpoint that's next on 101
1: ESPN We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN, 101 ESPN.
5: There's conversations throughout that game that were really good as well. So uh, overall, I mean, credit to the two of them because that was, that was spot on.
4: That was Ali Marmol following last night's game. He was talking about Wilson Contreras and whether or not he was helping Jack Flaherty with his confidence last night. Of course, a couple of weeks ago when Jack Flaherty had a poor performance, he took to the media to vent some frustrations. And before long, Wilson Contreras was regulated to DH duties, and then last night was his first time back behind the dish in, in about a week or so. The Cardinals had uh, several meetings, according to reporters like Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch and Katie Wu of the Athletic, between the pitchers, Ollie, Dusty Blake, the pitching coach, Wilson Contreras, the catchers, and eventually they seemingly got back on the same page. My question to you, BT, as BT joins, joins us, how much how much in a week can be done for Will Contreras to like get him up to speed from a preparation standpoint, it doesn't seem that like a long time.
0: No, it's not, and he hadn't caught since May fourth. But uh, he he has been taking this time. He has been working diligently, as has the pitching staff. Because let's just not let's not bury the lead again when it comes down to this. The pitching staff has not executed pitches. They execute pitches. Contreras looks a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- that that is the first thing. But uh, it, it's not a ton of time. But they did set a plan in place to the plan was to get him back behind the plate. Now, I do think that if you ask them, uh, if, if you ask them like, what is their preference, the preference might have been to wait a little bit longer, even. But I feel like you have to. You're talking about relationships with players, not just any player. A player that you gave five-year $87.5 million to, as, and as Wilson said, his heart is behind the plate, like he wants to catch. So you've got to get him back out there. you got to keep him in a good headspace where he's, he's able to produce for you offensively, and for him, that's back behind the plate. And he did a very good job with Jack Flaherty last night, but to answer your question, look – uh, a little. like you, you gain a little bit of knowledge on how each guy likes to attack. I know that we, we talked about, or I talked about it with Carrie uh, and Brooke the other day, too, about the uh, his comments of not having to change a lot of things. He said, no, nah, I'm good. This is my game. Yeah, you do. You got to change a lot of things. But here's the thing with that. I think that Contreras, first of all, there's a couple things with Wilson. I think Some things get left in translation with him, and I I mean that quite literally. Like, I think that sometimes something comes out for him and it doesn't come out exactly the way that he means it. And the other thing is, I know this to be a fact, he's a very, like, prideful guy. Anybody that's had the success that he has had, you think about doing something your entire life and then it kind of gets uh, pulled out from under you because somebody says, hey, you're not good enough right now to do it here. Well, that ends up being a bit of an issue where it's a slap in the face and it's a tough thing to handle. So I feel like a lot of his comments were probably uh, uh, of the prideful sort, you know, that he wants to get back out there. He's going to keep going about it. He he believes in his abilities. So uh, and, and those are great characteristics, great attributes to have, but I think that he's just going to have to continue like he has been the last couple of weeks and like he has been since he, he's he been here. Just keep learning. Keep learning about the guys. The guys are going to have to continue to learn about Wilson Contreras. This is a one-sided thing where, uh, hey, Wilson, go study. We're going to be at the bar. You go study for a few hours. <laughs> See a nerd. Like That's not <laughs> how this works. We got to do this a- as a group. Like the-, the pitching staff need to sit down with him. I think they need to all spend more time together away from the field, too. I feel like building those relationships and building that trust is important.
2: B.T., I just, I just don't know why it was handled the way it was. Like, I go back to the beginning of the whole, we'll call it saga. I just don't know why they didn't just keep it under wraps a little bit more, say that he was working through some things. Like, if the plan was to get him some extra work or some more focused work on you know, what they need from him behind the dish or to work with the pitchers, disguise it a little bit I feel like this one just got leaked out and it was it created a whole heap of drama that I, I don't know I feel like it could have been avoided and it sucks because you know what? through the whole thing I was thinking about Contreras too the player you know he signed it here was... to be a cardinal it was going to
0: get out at some point because could, even if you tried to do it behind the scenes, Contreras was going to be pissed about it one way or the other. So, like, that was going to come out. Either it came out of his mouth or it was going to come out of Jack's, even though he, Jack said he wasn't talking about Contreras. It certainly felt like it at the moment. Jack did do a good job of walking those back. I wasn't uh, talking about but, him. I was just talking about the yeah. catcher just, position uh, catcher. in general. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: you know, yeah. and, uh, again, Jack did point out, look, it's me. I need to execute better. A week later, uh, but it, like those things did end up coming out. So um, it, it, it's, I really, you're right. It, it optically it's awful. Like the Cardinals generally are not national news. I think for that's why it was so surprised. Positive? No, you're you're absolutely right. And I, I think that, I don't think that there was a good way specifically to handle this. I do think that for me, the bigger question still remains is. With all of the shortcomings that organizationally they must believe that he has, you don't do these things that, that if you don't believe he's got shortcomings behind the plate, how did you not know the depth of them before you signed him to the deal? I, I do believe yeah. that that is the biggest question uh, right now because everybody's got friends. Everybody's got – there There are free agent pitchers out there that have thrown to him. them. Like there, there's a lot of resources, and I'm sure that they used a lot of them, but maybe not as many as – you know, you would – be led to believe to get the answers. But uh, we, we, as we've talked about a ton, it ain't going to look like Yachty. It'll never look like Yachty. Now, how does he incrementally get better day in, start in, start out? And, you know, where does he, and I think that this is a big key too, is where does Contreras in his heart of hearts believe he is as a catcher, as a framer, as a pitch caller, as a game planner? Like, where does he think he is right now? And where does he want to get to? Because if he thinks it, like if he really thinks like his his comment the other day that he doesn't need to change anything, he's fine, well, that's going to continue to be a problem then. But if he really, you know, if that came out the wrong way or if he he's just saying that pridefully but he's still working really hard at doing all of those things, then they're going to be okay. Pitchers need to pitch better. They need to do what Jack did. Go out there and shove. Show your A stuff. Don't miss with two strikes over the plate. And you're going to make Contreras look a hell of a lot better. We always talk about the catcher making the pitcher look better. I think his pitching staff could do that due to solid make him look a little bit better.
2: So I guess the, the last thing for me uh, about this is – you know, what happens if nothing really changes like what if it's just incremental small little changes but that overall you know Wilson Contreras is who he is he is who you signed like the back of his baseball card uh, is telling you who he is and what if he can't get to that level what if the pitching starts to struggle like what's the pivot is i mean that's the yeah. worst case scenario
0: no, I think that, honestly, the pivot at this point is you weather the storm. You weather the storm for the year, and then you have another conversation in the offseason where it's, okay, now what are we going to do? Because this is not going to work, if, in fact, that happens. I don't believe it will. I don't believe it's going to regress at this point. Uh, I don't think that you have the level of success, in the big leagues that Contreras has had and you are given a challenge and you shy away from it i just don't think that he's that kind of guy and i think that again going back to the pride he wants to be better and better he said it in spring training he's talked about it multiple times he wants to win a gold glove behind the plate there's some work to be done to go win a gold glove so i think that will get better but jamie if that did happen if it did regress throughout the year i really think that the answer is you weather it you figure out somehow some way because You don't want to lose him offensively. And I think that if you yank him out of that position, you will.
5: BT, we saw yesterday in the first inning, Jack Flaherty having trouble finding his command. And then we saw Wilson Contreras sort of set up inside to readjust Flaherty. Is that an example of something that they have been working on? Or is that just something that he has had in his arsenal behind the plate being in the league for so long?
0: Well, look, I, I think that that is, is part of learning your pitching staff. And we've seen, actually, Wilson do this even before you know before this little layoff here since May 4th of really starting to, like, know cues for different pitchers. Like, he'd show you, like, hey, you're pulling your shoulder at or stay back. He'd show, you know, a, a lot of different motions to towards the pitching staff. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that is an example of it. It, it, it. Even after, like, the five balls, he ended up calling a breaking ball too. It's like, okay, sometimes when you throw a breaking ball, you have to mechanically stay back to actually execute that pitch, and that's a good thing for a catcher to call in a spot. Um, so I, I think that he did a very good job with Jack, and Jack did a better job of just keeping himself in line the entire night. But no, I, Marsha, I think it's a, a really good point of that is going to be the next level is knowing the intricacies of each and every one of these pitchers and knowing when they do get off track – how can you help them get back on? That's one of the catcher's most important jobs, and I believe it to be one of the most difficult jobs in the game of baseball.
4: That's Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Let's get into the offense now. 18 runs last night. This offense has been hitting bomb shots oh, over baby. the last week week or so now. Nolan Gorman. Will we see him tonight against a lefty? We'll get BT's thoughts on That's that next. I want to want ESPN. <laughs>
1: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: Swing. off the fence two run score and goldie will be stopped at third it's an rbi double for nolan gorman and the cardinals are pulling away it's seven to nothing swing fly ball deep right field gorman has a three-run homer unreal
4: save some of those runs for tonight huh boys oh i hope so
2: I was a little worried watching that last night. I was excited. I was happy. I thought it was fantastic, but at the same time, I was like, oh boy, come on, don't use them all up. (laughs) Last year, they had a couple of these games, and they followed up with like a one-run game the next day. It's
4: not supposed to work like that, but somehow it does. Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, I I don't have an exact science behind what I'm saying. No, you do.
4: I saw the uh, pie graphs and everything back in the office. You did, huh? Yeah, the charts. What kind of a pie graph did I have,
2: Anthony? What did it look like?
4: Look like a pie.
2: Yeah, but what was the percentages?
4: Uh eighty percent eighty two point two percent of the time, uh huh, they only score a run after scoring eighteen runs the previous game.
2: That was a lot of thought put into that. Yeah,
0: Anthony, what them... kind of pie do you like? If you had to pick a pie right now, what's yeah. your favorite? Yeah. Uh,
4: pumpkin pie, probably. Really? Yeah.
2: Pumpkin pie. Ooh, yeah. Jamie, what about you? Um I like good old apple pie.
4: Mm.
2: Well, apple pie. You yep. like it warm? Who doesn't? Yeah.
4: Got to have it warm. Yep. BT.
0: I like all the pies, guys. I'm a big, big pie guy. Uh, especially uh, any of the, the I don't know, chocolate cream pie, mm. banana cream, coconut cream, any of the cream. You just like uh, any I mean, of those
2: creams, huh? Interesting. I'm in.
0: Mean, yeah, yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Now I'm hungry. To tell you the truth, makes so, sense. So uh, let's get on with it. What are we Bet talking are. about? Here? Do you have so time to eat some pie?
4: Yeah. Do you have time before you got to go down to the ballpark? Maybe. Taking some pie,
0: yeah, probably. Good yeah, chances are you're all dressed up though. You to be careful. Yeah, well, I don't want to get it all over myself.
4: Right. Yeah, maybe want to replace that shirt. It's fast on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers. Boy, we've missed BT. Nolan Gorman, <laughs> three for five, home run, five RBI in that route last night over the Brewers, in 18 plate appearances because he's only started three of the Cardinals' last six games. 18 plate appearances, he's got three home runs three doubles, 10 driven in, has walked three times, and he's just an absolute monster. Jamie, myself, Cardinals fans, BT, I don't know where you are are on this, but a lot of people are like, hey, why doesn't he face lefties then? Why isn't he a full-time player? And after watching him last night, I thought to myself, you could make the argument that they're using him exactly how they should be because the guy has been incredible. And if he faces left-handers more consistently – Who's to say that he will be as effective? Where are you on that, BT? Yeah,
0: I, I personally, just I, I would like to see him more against the lefties just so I could see. But I think that you brought up the key point, Anthony, is the way that they're using him is working. And they believe that they have better platoon options. And then as soon as that lefty starter is out, they go to the pen, they'll bring him into the game and use him. And boy, he has shown that he can really be an effective bat off the bench also. So, um, I, I don't think he's going to be in the lineup tonight. Like, I would ah, not expect geez, come him in on. there Jamie. against Wade Miley. Don't know. <laughs> Jamie, Say, again, Jamie, you do the have law. I don't have the lineup. I don't know. Maybe he will be in there. All I know is this. Gorman leads the National League in slugging. He leads the National League in RBI. He's second in OPS behind Ronald Acuna Jr. He is doing amazing things right now at the plate. He's hitting fastballs. He's hitting breaking balls. He's going the other way. He's fouling off pitches that he used to swing through. He's getting to the the pitch at the top of the zone that he couldn't sniff a year ago and uh, got this stat sent to me. I am not going to lie like I made this one up. So I did a deep dive on these stats. Uh, <laughs> NL players, all right, since 2000, 23 or younger with 10 or more home runs, 30 or more RBI, and 600 slugging or better in the first 37 games of the season. That's pretty good numbers. Here are the players that have done that since 2000, 23 or younger. Albert Pujols. Bryce Harper, Cody Bellinger, Fernando Tatis Jr., and now, uh, now Nolan Gorman. Those are the players that have had a start like this at that's, 23 or younger.
4: That's decent company. I've heard of a couple of those guys.
0: Yeah, couple yeah, of those yeah, guys worked you'll out have all to right. Dive, yeah, dive on a few of them. But sure. uh, no, he's he's been he's been ridiculous. But what do you think, man? What would you guys do with him tonight specifically against Wade Miley?
4: Uh, I want to I want to see him be a full time player.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm with Anthony. I lockstep with Anthony. Like. Let's see what it looks like. If it doesn't work, then you have that for your database and you go, you know what, all right, uh, maybe next time we go a different route. But let, let's let see what it looks like. The kid is seeing the ball right now uh, incredibly well. He's making hard contact. He's getting walks. He, his walk rate is way up. You know, we were worried about the strikeout rate. Well, don't worry about that. His walks, he's getting on base and he's absolutely raking with the long ball. So I would want to see what it looks like.
4: He must. He must be in the batter's box every day, and like this thing looks like a beach ball right now coming at me. It's unbelievable. He he is so locked in. The swing is is perfect. I mean the 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 timing, the rhythm, it's all there. The him, him driving the ball, the lift. I mean, it's just it it is all working for for Nolan Gorman.
2: And it, as far as like my expectations, it's almost it's almost like the back half of last season when Albert was up to bat. Like I just expected to see yeah. something. Good call. Didn't know what it was, but expected to see something. Gorman gets in there. I stop doing whatever I'm doing. I'm watching. I'm like, well, he's going to do something, and he doesn't disappoint. Yeah,
0: he's I don't, don't want to miss this. That. Yeah, and the thing to remember with him again, because I feel like there were a lot of people last year that did not believe him. So, oh, here he is again, another prospect he was 22 years old in the big leagues and you're going to have your struggles. It took him 89. He had 89 games last year. He drove in 35. He's got 33 in 37 games right now. He's got 10 home runs right now and 140 plate appearances last year. He had 14 and 313 plate appearances. Like the dude is learning at an exponential level. And uh, I, I think that is a good reminder for young players it's going to take a little time every once in a while I think that he's learning again at an accelerated rate it's going to uh, it's going
4: to take time like you know half a season
0: half a season and then and boom, then boom you're here, good. here we go remember that with Jordan Walker so it's going to take a hot minute for some of these guys but no every adjustment that he's made I I do think though as you're trying to check the boxes along the way and saying all right well he does this well does that well Um, the the next one potentially could be, do you utilize him against left-handers? But we've seen this, this isn't just a Cardinal thing. There are organizations out there that simply are not playing. They're playing their matchups. They're playing whatever they believe to be the best matchup on a given night. Then you get the handedness and then they'll use him later off the bench. So I, I don't, again, let's, uh, uh, Thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, boy, that doesn't work for the radio. Yay or nay, if you believe that he will be in the lineup tonight against uh, against Wade Miley, the lefty.
4: BT, you and I, or I don't know how much uh, you listen to the fast lane, driving you know, back and All forth. All the time. Well, you're traveling a lot, too. I some...
0: podcast. I listen to
4: every bit of okay, it. Okay, so you know then that Jamie and I have determined the real reason why Nolan Gorman cannot face left-handers, and that, of course... I
0: do know that, but I would like you to tell the listeners sure, no, who no, pay problem. attention as much as I do.
4: Absolutely. It's a federal crime.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's been upgraded to yeah, a federal crime. It's a crime. federal
4: crime. Ollie knows this, and he faces 25 to life if he puts Nolan Gorman in the lineup against a lefty.
2: And they've added a banishment from baseball.
0: Yes.
4: So... That's pretty tough. Yeah,
0: yeah. We all know the rules. Look, there's a lot of new rules in baseball. That's one of them. We just deal with it. We we move on. So
4: in other words, I say nay. On Gorman being in the lineup tonight. Well, there's no chance. They're starting. There's no chance. I'm going Nate, too. The the only thing
0: that throws a little bit of a wrinkle in this, and, and not at his position necessarily, but a guy that you absolutely have in there against a lefty every single time is Dylan Carlson. Well, DC's got the ankle. He's going to test it out again today. I don't think it would be the most surprising thing in the world if he ends up on the IL. So that's a, a bat in the lineup. That would normally be there against a left-hander. Maybe that opens things up. I, I would assume that Yepes will yeah. probably get a nod in the outfield. Uh,
2: Boy, is he good uh, up in there.
0: this one? You know, he's out there and he's doing his thing. Uh, but chances are he'll get the nod over Burleson, I would think, out in the outfield. Uh, but it's going to be—it'll it, be interesting to see if Gorman does not play. Is Kis Daddy your DH today? Is just Big Daddy Kiz, who is just hitting over 300 since May 4th when he took over a little bit, who did hit a grand slam. Doesn't matter who it was off of last <laughs> night. Sometimes um, those are harder, BT. Yeah. May?
4: They're, yes. Below, yes. they're below yes. pitching speed. Yeah.
0: Correct. That's something I could hit, potentially, but usually actual good athletes and big <laughs> league hitters can't do that. Yeah.
4: Are we going to see him
0: DH tonight? Is that a possibility in your eyes?
4: I think it's a possibility, yes. Given the way he's hitting, given the matchups,
0: is, is Barrera still in the roster? He is. He's your catcher, though. He's your, you're not you're, you're not going to utilize him. He's your backup catcher. No, no. Like, what I'm saying is,
2: if for some reason, because the risk is always like if Kisner goes in as DH, I guess you could move him to catcher if Willie Contreras there pulled a groin or something.
0: Sure, yeah. sure, 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 right. sure. But yeah, you're you're going to keep. Uh, you still have three catchers you're uh, carrying currently, so Why? you
2: can do no wrong. Why are we still carrying three catchers?
0: It probably won't last too much longer now that uh, that experiment is over. So that could change here very, very quickly. Actually, maybe maybe the next day. Who knows? BT, who really knows? You brought up. You brought up. Who knows? Who really (laughs) knows? Lisa didn't believe in Gorman. I know that. No, no she, did. she didn't. She, well, she whoever, said some it doesn't matter.
2: things about him, too. It was
4: it was shame it she
0: never says any bad words, but, boy, you could tell there was some stank on it. Oh, yeah.
4: Hey, uh, BT just brought up how other teams utilize matchups, and then they just go with the matchups no matter what. Should the Cardinals be that, that team? Let's dive into that next on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, get him some at-bats against
5: lefties. The sample size is too small and the guy's a kid. Come on, man, it's not like he's 28 and he's been hitting against lefties for four or five seasons. What's his sample size? It's too small. Get him out there, have confidence in him. The guy's raking. I'll take some poor at-bats until we get him acclimated. Gorman is an everyday player. I don't care if he's playing second or hitting DH get him out against some of these lefties and let's see what he can do
4: you can't just write him off you can't have him just sit against righty righties It's too old he's too young something one of them what can't take her out is her house it's too old
2: what are you talking about
4: that's what todd made me think of there can't you can't let nolan gorman not hit against lefties sample smi- size is too too small well, how are you going to grow the sample size, Anthony? Exactly. You get him out there. Starting tonight against Wade Miley. All in really favor is
0: one of those. All uh, in favor, uh, say aye. Aye. Aye.
4: Aye. aye, aye, All right, we're good. Go ahead, BT. You had your hand up.
0: It really, it really is one of those chicken or the egg ones, right? Because the sample size, to the Mike Droppers' point, thirty-three is the number. Thirty-three plate appearances that he's had at the big league level against lefties. He's had ten plate appearances this year. He's zero for seven. A couple of walks. So it's, there's not much that you can draw from it. But you think about this, think about it from their side. And, Anthony, I think that you, you brought up this point perfectly a little bit earlier as we were talking about Gorman. Um, you, you heard the mic drop talking about, what was the mic dropper's name again? Todd. 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 It was that Todd that won the first gauntlet trophy? Is that the same Todd? I don't oh, think so. Wow. I don't think so. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's good. possible, but I don't think so. No, I doubt it. That Todd left town. He knew what was good for him. <laughs> um, that, uh, so the The question is, you know, that as Todd brings up, hey, we'll take some bad at-bats, want to see it, and you want to get the reps in. Look, I, I wholeheartedly understand that uh, that thought. What if some of those bad at-bats turn into, like, bad at-bats against the righties? You know, what if some of that, like, throws off timing a little bit? He's just working so well right now. He did take an at-bat in Boston, though, against the lefty. I think he drew a walk and, and looked good in the box, looked confident. Um, the, the, the question is, if you believe that you have a better option in the lineup on a given day than Gorman against a certain pitcher, then you use it. But to me, if you are hemming and hawing about it, kind of like we're hemming and hawing right now, it's like, mm, I don't know, then let's go with the kid that's hitting monster tanks that yes. leads the league in RBI and slug and second in OPS. I kind of like that. But maybe Preach, they're bro. not hemming Preach. and hawing
2: the way that we are.
4: Well, maybe they should be.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, why are they not?
4: Yeah, maybe they should be. More him and horn. Like, what do they know that we don't? <laughs> All you right, know? so hear me out on this one, guys. So BT, <laughs> right. BT, last segment you talked about there's there are teams in the league that just come hell or high water will play the matchups. I don't think the roster is conducive for the Cardinals to play the matchups. It's if not. If you're the Giants and you have – a bunch of guys that are really halftime play. You you signed a bunch of guys over the last couple of years to, to really just platoon. That's how they won 100 and some odd games uh, three years ago. They're like, hey, listen, we know you can hit lefties. You're only going to face lefties. We know you can only hit righties. We know you're only a power hitter. And they just kind of assembled their roster that way, and they did it on the cheap. The Rays have been doing this for years. We'll just play the matchups because... God forbid we spend any sort of money on this on this organization. So we'll just play the matchups. I don't think the Cardinals roster is conducive to that. I think they should be. They should have full time players and part time players, and they should stop with the matchups. That's just me.
0: Yeah, but do you think that the Cardinals are doing a ton of matchups right now?
4: Not right now, no. But I also think they've got a bunch of injuries. Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson being out. I think the injuries have impacted. That has the, the injuries have led to less congestion, I think, with the yeah, lineup, in would, my opinion.
2: I would agree with Anthony, because at the start of the season, it felt like every day was matchups. Like, when we do the lineup game, every day it would change because of a lefty or a righty on the bump,
4: Top of yeah. the order, right down through that. the bottom of the order. Okay. With certain players. I feel like the Cardinals were doing it for, up until recently. They were they were doing it more times than not. Where they had they tr- they would turn Dylan Carlson into a part-time player. Maybe maybe that's what he is. Tyler O'Neill, same deal until he got hurt. I felt like they were playing the matchups a little bit more before the, a couple of guys got injured. But maybe I'm yeah, wrong I th- on that.
0: Well, no, no. I think one of the biggest problems – you're not wrong. Like, they were mixing and matching a lot. The problem is nobody was freaking succeeding. You Very know? True. So, like, like, do you just keep rolling the same thing out there over and over again for the sake of continuity? We had this conversation earlier in the season as the team was struggling. Now they're the best team in the world. No doubt. name the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, but they're uh, – like, it, it was – well, you're, you're moving it around too much we'd have been pissed off if they had kept it the same thing. Shilty kept it the same thing. And uh, sure I know that guys that were playing for Shilty, a lot of those guys didn't like the fact that it was the same thing night in and night out. I think that there's a balance to it and I think that that's the art of managing sure. is trying to figure out exactly where that balance is, but there are some guys that you're going to want to platoon other than, you know, more than others. And there are going to be cornerstones that are going to be in there every single day for your lineup. You know over at the uh, the corners that Goldie and Arnato they're going to be in there every day. Lars Nupar has proven that he's going to be in there every day. He's hitting 370 against freaking lefties. That guy's going to be in there. He's uh, quietly every... been great. He's having a monster year. Like he really is. Like it, you saw the a little bit of a slow start. So we use, we can use that May 4th again. I feel like a lot of things have changed for the Cardinals since May 4th, which was uh, the last game. I think that was the game that uh, Jack gave up all those runs and then Wilson wasn't the catcher for a minute. <laughs> 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 but buried the hatchet, right? Sometimes, you know, sometimes you do stuff like that. Perfect. But since now. then, oh, he's man. hitting like over 430. He's uh, entering today. He's hitting 310. Like, it, it's crazy the jump that he made because before that, he was hitting 214 on the season. He's it nearly raised his average 100 points in the last 11 days. So it's nuts to see the tear that Newt is on. He's an everyday player for you. Right now with your outfield uh, Dylan Carlson had solidified himself as the center fielder. Whether there's more to be had from the left side of the plate or not, he was going to be the guy, but the tweak of the ankle has been an issue. And then your other spot in the outfield, like, I think even when Tyler O'Neill comes back, that's going to be a flip of the coin, who ends up being out there, who's playing well. I, I, I really think that that runway for O'Neill that they wanted to give him early on, he's run out of runway of you get the everyday at-bats it's That is going to be a mix-and-match position.
4: Yeah, he's got to. Uh, he's now got to drive the plane back around and try again. It's going to take a while. Touch-and-goes.
0: Is that what that is, is it where you just like land, you hit, and then you come back yeah. around, you just keep practicing the touch-and-goes? Absolutely. And goes until I actually, you get it right.
4: I actually don't know, but my, my brother-in-law is a pilot. I I could ask him.
2: Oh, so you just, by
4: proxy, you're a pilot too now? 100%. Yeah, Jamie. It's understandable. Thank you. BT what
2: airline,
0: Anthony? Southwest. Oh, Southwest's pretty reliable. Yeah. Other than right there around, you know, the holidays where <laughs> things got botched for them. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it, They're trusted to me. Yeah. yeah.
4: No, he's uh, big Southwest fan. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I like to, experience I like with
2: Southwest. another airline recently. So uh, big. None, What's it rhyme with? with?
4: Uh, Smelta? No, no, it was. Uh, Samaritan,
2: Samaritans? No, it's the. Uh, I'm trying to think of a word that would go with this. Bruntier?
4: Um, yeah, that would be it. Just <laughs> 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 yeah, pay that man his money. I was going to go with Beerit. it. <laughs> 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 no, the old Bruntier was. Ah. Uh, ah. <laughs> wow, that's a bad Not one, great. guys. I'd rather walk. <laughs> You're going to Canada. Yeah, I don't I'll care. I'll do it. No yeah. problem. I probably get there
2: about the same time.
4: <laughs> <laughs> VT, uh, love having you on the show, man. We miss you. Have a great call tonight, and we'll talk to you toward the end of the week. Sounds good, fellas. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great show. All right, thanks, brother. That's Brad Thompson here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Salter. What have we learned from the NHL playoffs thus far? We'll talk about that next
3: Vegas has proved, you know, who they knocked out. You know, first they beat Winnipeg in five and then just taking out the incredible Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers the way they did, so well coached. And then you're going to go up against a Dallas team if you're Vegas, who has a great goaltender in Jake Gottinger and that would be the biggest challenge for them being able to take out a team that has the two best players in the league on it, you really feel the confidence. And this is, a, this is a Vegas team that, you know, they know success. They've only been around since 2017, 2018, but they know how to win when it matters most. And I think they're built to win a Stanley Cup.
4: It was Linda Cohn talking about the NHL playoffs. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Staltzer. It's a fast on 101 ESPN 302. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie, have we learned anything about the NHL playoffs, or is it just—I mean, for you watching the playoffs over and over and over again throughout you know the last couple of decades, there there's a very specific way to win at this time of year, and that doesn't necessarily change. Are we learning anything new about these this this year's postseason?
2: Well, the one thing I think that continues to to show up is depth in your lineup. I mean, when the two best players in the world get eliminated again, you have to look at the depth. And if you look at the the four teams that are left, all four teams have great depth in their lineup. And I think that that's the biggest thing. That's the trickiest thing in today's world is, you know, how do you build a lineup that can win in the regular season that will translate to the playoffs?
4: That's a great question.
2: Because the rat race to get into the playoffs is a – not completely different brand of hockey, but a very different brand of hockey. And then once the playoffs come, you need those heavy bodies, those gritty defensemen, those shot-blocking players. But some of the teams that are heavy with those players during the season, they can't outrun the opponent to get into the playoffs. So it it takes a really unique blend of talent plus physicality, plus grit and defense to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, when you have players that can check all the boxes, that helps too. If you isolate just a couple of players off of each team right now that remains. The Dallas Stars, they had Jamie Benn. They got Joe Pavelski. They've got Tyler Sagan. Like they got a good number of guys that can play both ways. Mm-hmm. You look at the Florida Panthers, ton of guys. Bennett, Kachuk, Barkov, those guys, you know, Verhage. They're guys that play hard defensively. Will block a shot. Will run you over, and they can score goals. Vegas has Mark Stone. Yeah. You know, Alex D- They're Damn like near he, like everybody. They do. But what's surprising about the Vegas Golden Knights, and you know, everybody kind of gets frustrated with the way they manage the cap over the years. Whatever, they're not all that different from the other teams that are remaining from a salary structure standpoint. You know, they have Jack Eichel that makes ten million dollars, Mark Stone makes nine point five, then the drop-off goes to five point nine. It's a big drop off. And the rest of their roster is less than five point nine million to the bottom tier of them. Ivan Barbashev at 2.2, Phil Kessel at 1.5. it goes down on the on the blue line, it's $8 eight million, eight point eight for Alex Petrangelo, and then Martinez at five point two. When you look at the other teams that are left in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's very much the same. So it's like top heavy with a couple of guys at the forward position, top heavy with your number one defenseman, and then you have to average it out. Kind of like Army has done with the squad that finished the season. They got he went and acquired players that were in that two to three million dollar range. Mm-hmm. That's the key to success now for me, is how many gems. Can you find between two to 3.5 or two to 4 million guys that you can rely on to get you into the playoffs and then bring that grit to the table? Because that's kind of what's trending right now. Like the Florida Panthers, just to to expand on this conversation, Alexander Barkov makes 10 million. Matthew Kachuk makes 9.5. Then it's dropped down to six and a half. Then it drops to 4.4. So you've got a couple of big dogs back there, and their big dog on the blue line is Ekblad at 7.5. Then it drops to 3.5, is the next highest paid defenseman.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of like they've got they've got their stud. Yep. And then they're looking for bargains.
2: Yeah, they're looking for adequately priced players that can be serviceable. Brandon Montour was in Anaheim. Why they ever traded this guy, I have no idea. He is a Norris trophy type player. And he's absolutely driving the bus back there for the Florida Panthers. And they got him at 3.5 for next year, too. Hmm. So I guess the common denominator in, in all of this is when you're building your roster, you have to have your top-end talent. And then you got to fill it up with good depth that gives you value, too, on the salary cap. What I wonder ultimately, and this is to be determined, the Blues' top end, are they good enough to be the top dog? Meaning Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, are they dynamic and skilled enough to be the two top guys, like we talk about, and then the drop-off?
4: I think they're skilled enough.
2: When you talk, Listen, though. When you look at it, Alexander Barkov mm-hmm. and Matthew Kachuk, that's just Florida. You look at the Vegas Golden Knights, Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. Um, you look at the Dallas Stars. I'm trying to find their little cap-friendly. Dallas Stars. The top end of theirs is Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. I think that's fine. I think we match up with that. Not the same style of player, but you're getting more value right now for Cairo and Thomas. Now they're substantially younger. I mean, 31 for Sagan, 33 for Jamie Benn. It's not really apples to apples. But I'm just wondering, is the top end good enough?
4: I, let me let me ask you this. I, it's an interesting question. I'm, I'm very interested, though, in what you said about building a roster that's going to sustain you, sustain you in the regular season, but also translates to, to playoffs. And I feel like that's the case in every sport too. And outside of baseball, which is it's, it's a different sport, isn't it about physicality when you get when you get to the postseason? If you don't have a physical football team, it is very difficult to win a Super Bowl. If you don't have a physical hockey team, and and when I say physical, it's not. It's not a a, a brutality it is finishing your checks it is I'll even put in blocking shots physical physical teams typically win Stanley Cups or at least a combination of it. like Tampa is both physical and skilled when you go even even if you go to basketball there is a level of physicality that the Philadelphia Sixers 76ers do not possess and they're constantly bounced out of the first or second round I think when it comes to building a regular season team, you can't be physical all the time. So, typically, not the best team going into the playoffs, but all of a sudden, that physical nature shows through. And then each round, it's like this test of willpower. Mm-hmm. And, you, and the, the team that, that often wins is the team like the Blues in 19 uh, that was physical. So I think that part's interesting. I don't know if the Blues have that physical element yeah. to, to flip it on its head. I'm not overlooking your question because I think it's an interesting one. I think you're you're just better apt to, to answer it in terms of the top end of the roster is good enough to match with the top end on some of these other playoff teams. But I also wonder about it from a physical nature. I don't, I don't know if the Blues possess that right
2: now. Well, they don't, and they also don't possess enough guys that are willing to play uh, the 200-foot game for 60 minutes every time.
4: Which I think... You that's, and I are are saying,
2: yeah, it's called playoff hockey. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. And and for me, when I look at the Blues roster, I'm okay with Thomas and Cairo being at the top of the food chain. Like if that's your if that's your high end skill, great. But then you better, you know, flood the middle of the order with hungry dogs mm-hmm. that do nothing but finish hits, block shots, play defense, hustle back, like win at all cost. It's what you have to do it's kind of what you had in 2019. Cuz you you had, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko was your most dynamic player. Yeah. And he didn't even score as many points as he did last year for that 2019 team. But you had O'Reilly, you had Perron, you had Shen, you had Schwartz. You had all this middle of the order depth. And so I'm looking at the Blues right now, in my opinion, they're not currently built to make a deep playoff run. So when Army's looking to fill out the roster or make some moves in the offseason, I think he can look at some of the teams that are left and then try to navigate how do I get a team that can be successful enough to make the playoffs, but at the same time that team is a great playoff style team
5: too. Yeah. Does it really come down to buy-in? Like how different does this team look if guys like Verana uh, and Kapanin buy into that 200 foot game? Do things change because they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of skill too.
4: So I think the two things that that you need to be a skilled defender, is effort and buy-in or effort and grit though you have to Mm because playing defense jamie i mean you playing defense typically isn't fun sucks you're not scoring you're not (laughs) scoring i mean it's it's more fun to score it's a thankless job it is so you have to buy it to marshal your question Mm -hmm. i think you have to completely completely buy in to being a physical team and to play defense it's one of the reasons, sorry across cross sports, but Cincinnati goes into Buffalo and they take it to them. How did this happen? Buffalo's a really good team. They're not physical, though. Cincinnati is physical, and they took it to them. And I think when it comes to hockey, and you're watching a team like Florida, how does a team like Florida overcome a Toronto team that's got all the skill? Or hell, a Boston team that's got all this skill? They took it to them. Yeah,
2: they brought They're it, in, they turned it into a street fight. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's not like dropping the mitts and fighting. No. They have those guys, but it was the relentless ability to play defense and never give up on a play and anthony's right playing defense sucks it is a thankless job but you have to have a bunch of robotic guys who love it Mm -hmm. who absolutely love it and chief says it all the time we've said it for since chief has taken over as head coach he wants guys the very first thing is they have to compete and that's all playing defense is it's little competitions all over the ice to win the puck battles to play defense to keep the other team off the scoreboard and the team that has more guys that are willing to compete every single shift until the very end of the game in the series is the team that wins. That's why the Toronto Maple Leafs are not in the playoffs anymore. That's why the Boston Bruins are not in the playoffs anymore. They had guys who weren't willing to go that extra mile in order to win the playoff series. So when Army's circling the, the world, the hockey world this offseason, he needs to find guys who compete primarily from there you can build your roster you can find the talent you can get your reclamation projects but everybody has to be willing to compete
4: we've got the conference semifinals coming up in the nhl you've got the dallas stars completing their series victory last night over the kraken so they'll take on the vegas golden knights and then the eastern conference you will have the panthers taking on the hurricanes you're talking about four four teams that are that are physical. I think three of those teams specifically, Vegas, Carolina, and Florida are definitely well, physical. Dallas is Dal- too. Dallas is too. But Dallas has got some speed as well. I think that's kind of interesting.
2: I'm telling you, people are underselling the Carolina Hurricanes right now. I've had this debate with so many people. You don't know hockey. If you don't if you don't think the Carolina Hurricanes are a legit Stanley Cup contender, you don't know anything about hockey. I'm telling you right now, I tell you right to your face. They are fast, they are structured, they're aggressive, and they play for each other. That's a very dangerous team. The Florida Panthers have their hands full. And on the flip side of it, Dallas also is a very hungry team. I just don't think they match Vegas. Vegas, to me, has a group of guys that right now, this is the hungriest group they've had in franchise history. I'm, I'm buying
4: in on that. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. i Anthony Stalter. All right. You can by the way, you can listen to all those games on 101 ESPN. So the, we've got the NHL playoffs for you 101 ESPN. You're going to you're going to hear the, those matchups. We also got the NBA playoffs too. Nuggets Lakers game 1 that is tonight in fact. We've got the pregame starting at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow you got Celtics, so we got our got Jason Tatum going up against the Heat in game 1, pregame starting at 7. And then all the hockey game ones. You've got Hurricanes Panthers golden knights and stars later on toward the week so we got wall-to-wall coverage for nba and nhl playoffs right here on 101 espn what's trending is next
1: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn Trending in the world of sports, The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher.
5: Welcome back to the fast Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, how about Michael Waka yesterday? Flirting with the no-no. He went seven innings, only gave up one hit, ends up picking up the win with 11 strikeouts. He's 4-1 on the year. Michael Waka. He's we're, talented. We're talking about him maybe
4: maybe trying to get Waka in the offseason. Very true, yeah. Probably should have done that. Michael Walker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> maybe Michael Walker is, is always had talent and when you are talking about his his approach is that that downward plane it gives a lot of hitters issues unfortunately he's had the, the injury history and this is why he's also bounced around he's been a really nice compliment piece to various teams now over over his career but at one point this was supposed to be the guy that took the baton from Adam Wainwright he's got a stuff and it was fun to watch him last night. It's yeah. a good pitcher. It's a really good pitcher. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Seems like a good guy too. That's important. Michael Walker from United States, Texas A&M. That's correct.
2: Oh. I almost said the University of Texas. Did you almost? But then he fired in with the United States of America, and <laughs> my bit brain bit. ceased <laughs> up. The hamster fell off its yeah. wheel. Literally, was like. Yeah.
5: Mike Ruzioni moment. Yeah. It was. Guys, to no surprise, the 76ers have fired Doc Rivers after three seasons. Uh, no shock there after losing game seven, which he is notoriously known for, um, especially with the way the Bucks fired their head coach and the Suns got rid of their head coach. Mm-hmm. After those two were in the finals just two seasons ago. No shock that Doc Rivers is
2: out. This is always confusing to me. Not confusing. It's always a, a, an interesting debate when you talk about coaching in any sport, when you have a coach that is, that continuously has success to get you into the playoffs, mm-hmm. but then finds a way or the team is not good enough and the coach ultimately gets fired, and the next job Doc Rivers gets, he'll get that team into the playoffs as well. Like, it's like the Bruce Boudreau syndrome where Boudreau never was able to advance, but he, you know, up until this last stint in Vancouver, yeah. he was always able to get teams in the playoffs, get him in, get him in, get him in. Doc Rivers he does it. He's been very
4: successful
2: as a head coach, just not ultimately successful. And he gets bounced around.
4: Uh, you're right. It's uh, weird. 154 and 82 made the playoffs in each of his years in Philadelphia. Jamie, to your point, the Sixers, though, have lost the Eastern Conference semifinals in each of their last uh, two two of their last three seasons, or in in each of their last three seasons. So, you blow a three two lead to the Celtics, and the Celtics are incredibly talented. But you've got Joel Embiid and despite my feelings on Embiid he's still an he's still the MVP this year you got James Harden you've got a talented group and ownership the expectations arise and the fan base in Philly is 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 over it oh yeah they listen to the just trust the process for all those years and then finally they've got teams that are consistently getting the semifinals and consistently losing you're not gonna get rid of Embiid so Doc Rivers is the one to go but to your point If Doc Rivers went to an organization that has struggled, if he wants to keep coaching, and he goes to an organization that has struggled to even get to the playoffs, he will be appreciated. He ain't going to win anything big, probably, but maybe he goes to a spot, and he's part of a rebuild, and he winds up being, you know, uh, has a long tenure with a a team that is not winning currently.
5: I mean, the NBA is a coaching carousel. On its own, I mean, he could go to the Bucks, he could go to the Suns, he could go to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like he is a coach where he has won a championship, and that is very valuable in that league. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not shocked though that that he's
2: he's out of there. So I was a little surprised. Where I was I? Was a little surprised because I don't necessarily feel like it was his fault that certain players underperformed. You could say, "Oh well, you didn't motivate him. Really, you got to motivate him for a game seven. Mm-hmm. You got to motivate." Seriously, that's what, that's where my head goes with it. Is I feel like the organization just needed someone to point the finger at, and it was like, "Yeah,
4: all right." Yeah, the motivation thing, and Jamie, I think you're you're saying the same thing. That that's on the players. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you're if you're Embiid, you're Harden, you're whoever. You can't you can't get up for a game seven when you were up three two. I mean, you you could taste it. You could taste the semifinal, the conference finals, and you. You lay an egg yeah there's nothing a coach is going to be able to do I'm really impressed by the way speaking of talking about like NBA coaches a lot of times these guys are puppets for whoever the stars are it's it's really the stars they don't the coaches don't get a lot of credit how about Eric Spol- Spolstra from Miami yeah he's great he was there when it was obviously LeBron but that and was Bosh a tough transition and though. Wade it was when
2: LeBron went there and he was the head coach like there was a bit of a power struggle at first
5: absolutely because pat riley was not the head coach
2: anymore that's right
5: right
4: I mean, he's, he's still a part of the organization guy, yes but. but i mean he chose it pat riley knows what he's doing yeah and he he handed the the reins what over everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot actually <laughs> and he hands the reins over to spolstra spolstra since lebron that that trio got broken up i mean you look you look at he's got the heat back in the conference finals Last year, he lost in the conference finals to a better Boston team. He may lose again this year. Lost in the first round, lost in the NBA finals. He's only missed the, he, he, – there's two years there where he missed the playoffs, or three, I should say. But this is somebody that different – team. he has won with different teams. That is what's impressive to me. You have a coach that's got different players, different stars, different talent and you're able to consistently lead those guys to, the, to different groups of the playoffs, I think that's imp- impressive as a coach.
5: I think there's one player on the Heat that's making a huge difference that the 76ers probably wish they still had, and it's Jimmy, Jimmy Butler.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Why? What is he doing? Butler Butler plays with that. You, you talk about he a guy... with his hair on fire. Absolutely. You... You're not going to have to go to Jimmy Butler and say, hey, this is a Game 7. We might we might want to no, turn it up a notch. Man. He's, he's awesome. aggressive.
2: I love Jimmy Butler. So
4: do I. I can't believe they got rid of him. Can't you, though?
2: I mean, I can believe
5: it. Yeah. <laughs> I just sounded so disappointed there. But I, I, I like, I just think can't believe like, that can't they, they, can't they went you? in a different direction.
4: I just think that, you don't know, look, we, we've we often compared the Toronto Maple Leafs to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I
5: know. I hate them both.
4: The, the 76ers, I don't know who the comparison is, but the to 76ers to any sport. The 76ers Ooh, are, are, that, are that team. I'm sure you can. They're just that team that's like, I know you. You're not gonna win. You're They're, just not. You know who they are? They're the New York Islanders. Are they? So I don't the, know. I, the Islanders went
5: to the conference final, in my opinion. They're the New York Islanders. They went to the conference final how many times in a row? They just could never win. They never could win. No, they're in the playoffs. Good team. Good team. Just they never win. Yeah. Maybe
4: maybe a fall for, Oh, this is the year. A pretty, you know, they this, have they're a, different a now. Good
5: fan base. Good history. Man, they just
4: won't win. Sure. The only NFL comparison I have right now at this at this very second is is Buffalo. Buffalo, that's a good one. I know you're good, but I I know you're going to get tripped up at some point. I just know it. Yeah. You've kind of got all the elements. On paper, the 76ers have a lot, I shouldn't say all, a lot of the elements. The Bills have a lot of the elements. And then when you get and then when they get tripped up in the playoffs, you wind up saying, ah, yeah, I, I I think we all knew this was gonna happen. So I'll say the Bills for right now. A uh sticking with football, real
5: quick. Joe Burrow was asked about his contract. That is uh coming up here soon about his new deal or his next deal, uh, which could make him the, the highest paid player in the league. Uh, and he said, whenever you, get, whenever you have guys on the team that need to be paid, that's always on your mind. You want that to be a focal point. We're working to make that happen. Basically talking about keeping his teammates, who also are going to receive contract extensions, keeping them in consideration. It reminded me a lot of Tom Brady in the way that he would take less money to make the roster better absolutely and he already reminds yeah. me of Tom Brady
2: yeah in a lot before of ways this mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that you have to be very very aware of if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL is if you take a slice of the pie that's mm-hmm. too big which pie exactly the rest of the team doesn't get to eat mm-hmm. not as much as they'd like to mm-hmm. they want some of that pie too
4: and maybe they go off and look for uh a bigger piece of pie someplace else yeah mm. just a different pie yep that they enjoy yep so
2: either way joe Burroughs got to uh, be very aware of how much money he's going to take from the team if he wants to continue to be in the conversation for a championship
4: yeah things change when the when you when you finally pay the quarterback things change dramatically because of the salary cap it's fast lane on one espn jamie rivers andrew marsh i'm anthony stalter tommy edmund a little love for tommy edmund coming up will tell you what the difference is between him now and the last couple of years, but we'll also talk about whether or not it's sustainable, what he's doing. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I
0: think it ends up being... An opportunity for a big statement
3: swing fly ball wallop toward right that one's not coming back tommy Edman has hit a homer and the cardinals get that run right back
4: it's the fast lane on 101 espn <laughs> chip carry on the call we we got a text message i was comparing the 76ers i was trying to think of teams to compare the 76ers do to like we do the maple leafs and the cowboys and other teams like that i had said the bills and a texter, Jamie said, uh, "76ers equal Falcons. Sorry if that hurts you, Anthony. I wish the Falcons had that much success. Are you kidding me? The 76ers have gone to the playoffs damn near every year over the last <laughs> five seasons or so. I wish the Falcons would have that success. They just,
2: they just wanted to hurt you,
4: Anthony. They did. That's okay. If
2: that's what they, they wanted, they're having fun. It worked.
1: They're having
2: fun. Ah, you were sad during the break. You're like, I can't. Why do people say that?" What is the, like, relax, why do people buddy. say that
4: about my terrible t- favorite team? Like mean, they put a laughy face, like yeah, get over get it. Get over it. Stop taking it personally. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I want to want to ESPN. Tom Tommy Edman. Well, he went deep last night. Yeah, Jamie did. Four for five home run, four runs scored, two sixty average. So the two sixty average is the same or similar in that same range over the last couple of years. But here's the difference with Tommy Edmund thus far. He's slugging four fifty seven. Compared to the three ninety three slug that he's had over the last couple of years, he's got a little bit more pop. The question is: what, is that is that sustainable? And when you look at things like hard hit rate, Nexit velo, and barrel percentage, I, I don't think it is. I don't think we're going to see the power out of Tommy Edman that he has displayed thus far this year. But it's nice to it's nice to know he's got at least in that that, that he's got that in the toolbox. Right now, what's
2: nice to know or to look at is the Cardinals lineup. It really is. I'm watching last night, Paul DeYoung's playing good shortstop. He kind of bobbled one there late in the game, but he still managed to get the tag. Oh, Jamie, it's it's fine. It happens. Yeah, it does. It shouldn't happen, but it does. Um, but you got Tommy Edmond locked down in second base, and he's swinging. Paul DeYoung's swinging. Gorman's doing a great job. Like I said to you in the break, both of you guys said, the Cardinals are only six and a half games back with a lot of baseball season left. This is a lineup that went right, and I believe it all begins with the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. All of it. Whenever the Cardinals have gotten solid pitching from their starters and thus the consistency from the bullpen, too, whenever they've been pitching well, they've they've been good. And I know that's like, well, no kidding, Jamie.
4: Well, no, that's the point,
2: though. But that's the point, right? And you don't have an ace. Jack Flaherty pitched like one last night. If we get that version of Jack Flaherty for the rest of the year, adding another starter at the deadline that is another like a Jose Quintana, that type of starter will be just fine for the Cardinals. But this team, for me, the lineup and watching Tommy Edmond having some success at the plate, knowing how good he is defensively and knowing how versatile he is along with Brendan Donovan – I'm starting to feel pretty positive about this team, and I've been hard on this team this year. I have, and and certainly been hard on all of them, Marshy, and the front office as well. This is a team now that if the pitching is right, the batting order
4: can destroy teams. Well, to your point about the pitching, you need consistent pitching because I think that this is a feast or famine lineup. We've already seen that. When they go cold, they go real cold. The home runs dry up. The you know, lack of success with runners in scoring positions there. It's, right now, you've had more home runs than any team in baseball over the last week since, outside of the Yankees. You and the Dodgers have got 14 home runs since Monday of last week. Monday was, the game, was game one of that Cup Series. They've, the Cardinals have hit 14 home runs. Tied with the Dodgers, the Yankees have like twenty-one over that same span. They're the only other team that's that's got more home runs than you. Gorman's got power. Arnauto's got power. As we mentioned, Edmund, a little sporadic power. He's got some. Gorman. I mean, these Goldschmidt. You got guys that get the ball of the yard. But Jamie, I think it's a feast or famine lineup. I would not be. Sh- I would not be shocked in two weeks if we're complaining again about the offense. This is why. I don't know, Anthony. I might disagree with you on that. Go ahead. You think, you think it's going to be consistent?
2: I, I look at the pieces in place right now. Nolan Arenado, he struggled to start the season. There's no doubt. But mm-hmm. the back of his baseball card told all of us that it was going to be okay. And right now, he seems like he's figured out whatever it was. Goldie's Goldie. Uh, Newt. Newt, I, looking on online, Newt right now is in the outfield, playing center field, the all-MLB NL team.
4: Yeah, I think our guy Swan sent that to us.
2: Yeah, uh, so you got Newt, Goldie, Arnauto, Contreras. You know you know what he's going to be. Gorman is the, is the game changer for me this year. He's the Albert Pujols of this season. He's the game changer. And from there, you're hoping to get consistent. Do I think the bottom of the lineup might fluctuate and you might have some feast or famine? Yeah, I do. It just, it will happen. But those guys that I just named, I feel like they're going to be pretty consistent and if that's the case the top of the order is going to be dangerous every game.
4: Well, so let me ask you this then. What what's the difference from what you just said? Given mm-hmm. what you just said, what's the difference now compared to what at the start of the well, year Arnado. when you were saying that? Nolan Arenado? So so Arnato got cold, but the, your a lot of your a lot of your lineup got cold.
2: I understand that,
4: Anthony. So I think it's this is why I think it's going to be f- feast or famine, and if you don't fi- fix the pitching, it's not, it's not going to matter. You are going to have I this roller coaster. You know what I
2: mean? I see what you are saying. Ultimately, you are going big picture with this, yeah. and I don't disagree. I just think that this lineup overall will be more consistent moving forward. Whatever it is to start the season, maybe it was the rotation of outfielders, the um, the changing of number at bats because we're playing the matchups or the whatever. I feel like right now, moving forward, that the offense will be more consistent. And to your point, paired with good pitching, even if your offense dries up a little bit, you can still stay competitive if you're able to get the pitching.
4: That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Is Tyler O'Neill a trade piece? We'll talk about that next, and we'll talk about how some of the there might be one big issue with that. That's next on 101 ESPN. (laughs)
1: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Right now, with your outfield. Dylan Carlson had solidified himself as the center fielder, whether there's more to be had from the left side of the plate or not, he was going to be the guy, but the tweak of the ankle has been an issue. And then your other spot in the outfield, like I think even when Tyler O'Neill comes back, that's going to be a flip of the coin who ends up being out there, who's playing well. I, I, I really think that that runway for O'Neill that they wanted to give him early on, he's run out of runway of you get the everyday at bats. That is going to be a mix and match position.
4: That was a guy, Brad Thompson, earlier today in the fast lane. Some interesting comments about Tyler O'Neill. I agree with him completely. I, I think that once he gets back, yeah, once he once Tyler O'Neill gets back, you're you have to work your way back into the this rotation here, man. MVP candidate. Yeah, two years ago. Hey. So. We, have your, we have your chance right now to win a four-pack of tickets to this Thursday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Dodgers. This week's Bud, Bud Bash game features a limited edition Mike Matheny bobblehead. Here's your question. Here's your trivia question. Mike, Matheny, Mike Matheny's daughter went to Ohio State on a full scholarship to play what? What sport? What, what sport did she earn a full ride to? The University of Ohio State. If you have the sport and you're the 101st texter two three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six the air comfort service text line, you'll go see Cardinals Dodgers get that four pack of tickets to this Thursday night's Budweiser Bash with that limited edition Mike Matheny bobblehead. So this is interesting. In Derek Gould's recent chat for STLToday.com, he got a question that said, "Do you think the Cardinals are frustrated enough?" by O'Neill's continued problem with nagging injuries that they would consider making him part of a package for starting pitching? Or do you think the Cardinals are afraid that doing so would be giving up on him too soon, similar to Randy Rosarino and Adoles Garcia? Derek Gould responded, The answer is yes, the Cardinals will entertain trading Tyler O'Neill for starting pitching, and that is not related to the shoulder or anything other than the Cardinals have an outfield situation right now that they like, and O'Neill is on the IL. If Carlson's absence is for a bit, the equation changes. But they expected to have a roster bind when O'Neill returned, and that included the plan to have Contreras get some looks in left field. With that changed, that doesn't change the overlap. If the Cardinals see the conversation for a trade, they'll have it. And yes, they are wary of another Rosarina situation. That has been on their mind the past few years, and it was a driving talking point a year ago when the the team talked about committing to outfielders like O'Neill and Carlson and not running into the same situation where another team gives them playing time and sees the talent bloom. So, two questions here: mm-hmm. Would you would you be okay with Cardinals using Tyler O'Neill as trade bait if they can get pitching? Absolutely. Same. It's a no, I mean, no brainer. Yes. With the
2: emergence of Lars Nupar, uh, and then specifically also Dylan Carlson, unfortunately, he's injured right now, but Carlson had really picked up his game in center field. Defensively, he's a great center field or good. I don't know if you've got to be careful using the word great around here, but he's a good defensive center field. Lars Newtbar is really good defensively. And then you have your, your left field that right now, you have a, a number of people that can kind of slot in and out of there. I'm absolutely exploring. I'm kicking tires all over the, all over the league to find out, you know, what the value of Tyler O'Neill is for a starting pitcher. That that's the answer to question one.
4: Mm-hmm. Question two. Question two is a little bit more convoluted. Would you be wary of Tyler O'Neill turning into the next Randy Rosarina?
2: I don't know if I would be. Me personally, I think John Mozalek is. I think John Mozalock has had enough thrown back into his face when it comes to trading players that have left and had success. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that Tyler O'Neill, I mean, he literally fits the exact mold of that player. Yeah. Because when healthy and when right, he is an M V P type player. He's got all the tools. So in true cardinal form, you could see it happen where he gets traded to a team. Team X doesn't matter for good starting pitching or a a number three kind of starter where you're not getting an ace, but you got something for him. And then he can go on a tear. Mm. He could go on a tear like he did two years ago. And then everybody would be like, yeah, see, yeah. And even though the fan base here I know has grown frustrated with Tyler O'Neill for um, lack of consistency and certainly being injured a lot, I still think that they would, it would rear its ugly head back to a Rosarena and other players. Well, that's just another Arena thing. See, they do this all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I I see that being a little bit of a factor right now for John Mose-Lock, Um, unless somebody else pops up during the season and just absolutely seizes left field with both the offense and the defense. I don't know. How do you guys feel?
5: I don't think I don't think the two are the same. Just because O'Neill, people have been wanting him traded. I mean, we look at the text line every day. Trade O'Neill, blah, blah blah. We need pitching. But we Jamie's need pitching.
4: Jamie's right. If O'Neill winds up being good, that those same those very same people will say, "Oh, you traded well, another dude." They'll no, literally they, they, their they, Then
5: none of their opinions will end up. <gasps> in my opinion, what to our listeners? No, I'm just saying those people. You can't be a hypocrite. Don't be mean, a hypocrite. What do you mean those what people? You, yeah. The listeners that are saying, trade O'Neal, I do I do not give them permission to then go and say. <laughs>
2: what? Wow.
5: You know, you shouldn't have traded him. We're what are you talking about? Daddy you said Marsh, you wanted him traded.
4: I don't think you should operate that way, Marsh. I agree with you.
5: You know what I'm saying, though? Snap. Like, you, yeah. you guys are trying to get my no, blood boiling, we, we aren't it. It. Well, no, we, we are. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, he's had one good year. Yeah, he had one good year.
2: Rosarina had no good years.
4: You but, can't make. But t- he, he
5: had a lot of potential and was doing very well in Memphis. He was actually one of the best hitters in the entire AAA in organization. Realm. And the, I think the problem that Cardinals fans have with that situation is they never really gave him enough runway. The the Cardinals have given Tyler O'Neill a lot of runway, and he's been running and jogging. Oh, on the runway. Oh, that was good. That was so and good. <laughs> he's been injured
2: a lot. He's just been injured. I understand. Rosenrein has been. Well, I mean, he's been injured a few times, but he he's been one of the best players in the American League this season. I understand what you're saying, and Marci, I agree with you. However, this fan base, if Tyler O'Neill was to be traded, and then he goes on to play like he did two years ago, this fan base, not calling them hypocrites. But they will change their mind and their opinion on why or if we should have traded Tyler. And- that, well, they
0: shouldn't.
4: That's that's why that's why you can't. If you're if you're a GM or you're a president, regardless of the title, if you're making the decisions, you can't worry about the press conference. You can't win a, worry about winning or losing. The, you will never win the the press conference. Or if you do, it's hollow until until you start winning. You can't make decisions on previous previous trades. Everyone should be looked at differently. Randy or Rosarina, that that burned you. Adulis Garcia, burned you? You had no idea. The Rangers ditched him too. The, Everyone did. Everyone had Rangers,
5: an opportunity to get him.
4: The Rangers designated him for assignment at one point and then brought him back and then he wound up being good. Patrick Wisdom bounced Boy, around that guy's forever. Good. He bounced around forever before he found his footing in Chicago. You don't you don't know what organization is going to bring the most out of out of a player Luke Voigt looked like a mistake Trading Luke Voigt looked like a m- mistake why because he was hidden between Stanton and judge then he get, then he gets dealt again or they designated him I think they I think they traded him he goes to San Diego for a second and then they ship him to Washington and then he doesn't sign he with Washington winds up with Milwaukee and the, Luke Voigt. And he's a local product, and I hope I hope he you know he he's still gets his chance. a local product, he's Anthony, still, I, I hope he still gets his down. chance. I know I'm I'm very uh, I tend to walk through the minefields yeah, a little uh, bit with talking the St. Louis. My alma mater he here. likes
2: Voight's okay. chest here.
4: Uh, Voight, I think the way he wears the uniform brings a lot of swagger. Speaking of to a here. team <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that trade was viewed as a mistake, and people were loud. What if it's a Luke Voight? What the hell? You got Giovanni Gallegos out of it. And now nobody talks about that deal. You can't worry about it. At the end of the day... At the end of the day. We, we, at the end of the day, <laughs> we
5: the still day. could win the Randy Orozarena trade. Mm-hmm. People are clamoring for Matthew Libertor
4: to be in this Bring rotation. Bring him up.
2: Bring him up tomorrow. Yeah, if I was the Cardinals, I'd say screw it. Give him his chance tomorrow. Anthony, I like your Thank revib- you. Put him in.
4: Now, Wayno pitches tomorrow, but I'm sure Wayno will give you his blessing to push yeah. back.
2: The leadership that Wayno displays... Is that like he's come in and he's helped this pitching rotation. He's worked with Wilson Contreras, got him up to speed, Jack Flaherty going. He's not done with his work. I think, I think, Wayno would want Libertor to start a game like tomorrow and that he would even take an extra day of rest.
4: For that. I agree, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Did you mention his singing ability?
2: I did not go there. I think uh, you should, but because I was focused on baseball.
4: Why don't we paint the whole picture for everybody? Well, oh, he
2: probably can paint too.
4: Yeah. Well, we know he can garden.
2: Yeah, very good gardener.
4: He put that. He put that garden in. It's pretty for Matt Carpenter.
2: Too. Pretty long off the tee.
4: Absolutely. What can't Wayno do? Is my question. That's
2: a good question. Yeah.
4: Are we good? I think so. Okay. It's a fast line on one one. ESPN. We get the gauntlet coming up next.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
4: congratulations to brian from florison he had the correct answer to our trivia question today which was what sport did mike Matheny's daughter receive a full ride to play at ohio state correct answer is
2: ice hockey Anthony. ice
4: hockey that's correct She's a
2: really good ice hockey player
4: brian knew the answer to that so brian's gonna go see cardinals dodgers he's our four-pack winner We'll go see him on Thursday night. And I think we have another four-pack to give away tomorrow. So make sure you're locked in right here on 101 ESPN. Uh, you get all the details on this season series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Time for the gauntlet. We've got Tim up next. What's up, Tim? Tell us, how we doing? Doing great, my friend. We're good, oh, Tim. Yeah. First time in the gauntlet. This is it. For very first time. Yes, sir. All right. Well, congratulations on uh, on making it in. Would you like to take on Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or myself today?
6: So I told myself I'd go in alphabetical order by last name, so I'm going to go ahead with Marshy today. Wow. wow. He's, he's okay. expecting right. more than
4: one day in the gauntlet. Yeah. I kind of like the confidence, though. I like though. the swagger, Tim. All right. <laughs> so it's going to be Marsh, Jamie, and myself if... Uh, if Tim can can uh, can get past Marsh,
6: Marshy me, then. roll through.
4: No, to the last name.
2: Yeah, M R S. I got to go back to what school alphabet do you and use?
4: look at some. <laughs>
2: oh my god! It's all coming letters. to now,
4: Anthony. Are you going to the mall later? I, I got to be honest. I <laughs> usually I'm one of the last because S is, but I. I forgot where the hell R was in the alphabet. That's my fault, Jamie. It is.
6: Uh, well, I knew I which way I was going, so. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters, Tim. All right, <laughs> go true.
4: ahead uh, before I sewer myself even more here. Uh, go ahead, tell Marsh to spin the wheel.
6: Marsh, spin the wheel, kid.
4: All right, Marsh, get uh, into the cone of silence there. Tim, what category are you hoping to fight Marsh in today?
6: Uh, Marsh is pretty good at baseball and hockey. Um, I'll take him on in football at random.
4: Okay, you got one of those. It's gonna be random today.
6: Okay, random. wow, alright. Yeah,
4: so I'm getting the launch codes out right now. Random begins with R, of course. R is located after <laughs> S. <laughs> in no, the before, alphabet. S.
2: before S. Before Anthony. S, My god. Right. You said after S again. No, it should be you. That, just give me the paper. I said it right. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Go back and listen to the podcast brought to you by I Josh I said Marsh, Jamie, and then myself. I was right.
4: <laughs> you were good. wrong. No. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim. Yep. Same four questions to you and Marsh today. Each question is worth two points. Unless you need the options, then the options are worth one point. Are you ready, Tim? Yes, sir. All right. Question number one. Oh, boy. You know this last name here, Jamie? Yeah, Dennis Buanga. Okay. Dennis Boanga leads all of MLS with nine goals on the season. Which team does Boanga play for?
6: options, please.
4: Seattle Sounders FC, San Jose oh, Earthquakes, LAFC.
6: Uh Let's go with LA. Final answer? Final answer.
2: Alright, Tim, question two. What U.S. state is the wettest where it rains on average 63.7 inches per year?
6: Oh, man. Um... Shot in the dark, I'm going to go Oregon. Final answer? Final answer, Oregon. All right.
4: Question number three, Tim. Back in March, St. Louis City SC won their first home match of the season against oh. which team?
6: Options. I didn't know this one. Not an MLS guy. I'm, 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 uh. I'm
4: getting. Uh, you want the <laughs> options, Tim? Yeah, please. Charlotte FC, Austin FC, San Jose Earthquakes.
6: I think that? Was, uh, Austin? Austin, final
2: answer. All right, Tim. Final question of the day. It's a long one, so pay attention. Okay. Steph Curry broke the record for most points in a Game 7 in April, scoring 50 points. That was before Jason Tatum scored 51 in a Game 7, breaking the record again two weeks later. Who held the record coming into this year's playoffs, scoring 48 points in a Game 7 in the year of
6: 2021? um, Options.
2: Was it LeBron James? Yeah. Luka Doncic or Kevin Durant?
6: I'm gonna go Luca. Final answer. All right, thank you. All right, let's cool. bring Marsh
4: back in. Tim, how are you feeling?
6: Oh man, half uh, fifty-fifty. All right, let's it, see. Is, it is it is weird being and listening to it on the radio every day and actually being in it.
4: It's a pressure cooker. <laughs> yeah, you're on the spot
6: more for sure. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> everybody's listening.
6: You know, everybody's
4: listening. All right, Marsh is back from the cone of silence. Marsh. Yes. Go ahead, Jamie, tell
2: him. Oh, Marsh, you better pack a lunch. Oh.
4: Your category today, Marsh, is random. All right. Question number one. Are you ready? Yep. Dennis Bwanga leads all of MLS with nine goals on the season. Which team does Boanga play for? Oh,
2: boy. Um, Household name.
5: I'm thinking either the New England Revolution, perhaps the Atlanta United squad. But honestly, I have no idea. So I'm going to use the
4: options. Probably smart. Seattle Sounders FC, San Jose Earthquakes LAFC.
5: Uh, Just based on the standings.
2: I think I'm. I think I'm going to go with Seattle. Final answer. All right, Marshy. Question number two: What U.S. state is the wettest, where it rains on average 63.7 inches per year?
5: The wettest city in America. think it's Seattle again wouldn't it be Seattle um, yeah let's say Seattle
4: final answer question number three back in March st. Louis City SC won their first home match of the season against which team damn
5: what team was that again?
4: Uh, Oh,
5: Charlotte. Charlotte FC. Um, You said the first home match? Yep. Yeah. Charlotte FC. Final answer.
2: All right, Andrew. It was Charlotte. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Question four. Andrew. (laughs) Pay attention. Okay. Oh, jeez. Steph Curry broke the record for most points in a game seven in April, scoring 50 points. That was before Jason Tatum scored 51 in a Game 7, breaking the record two weeks later. Who held the record coming into this year's playoffs, scoring 48 points in a Game 7 in 2021? In 2021. You said how many? 48? 48 points. This person was before Steph Curry and Jason Tatum this year.
5: Okay, so 2021, that was not the bubble season. Was it 2021? Who won that year? I'm trying to think who won. Oh, that was, uh, that was the Bucks. Was it Giannis, maybe? I don't know. I don't have enough time to think about. Let's just use the options.
2: Alright. Was it LeBron James? No. Luka Doncic? Kevin Durant? Um... Wow.
5: Damn, was it Kevin Durant? No, I don't think that team went to seven games. they did go to seven games actually but i don't know if he if he would have scored 48 against the bucks then they probably would have won that game i'm gonna go with luca final answer
4: all right let's go over these tim versus marsh start with the last question steph curry broke the record for most points in a game in a game seven in april scoring 50 points before Jason Tatum scored 51 points in a game seven, breaking the record again two weeks later. Who held the record coming into this year's playoffs, scoring 48 points in a game seven in 2021? Tim, you took the options. You went Luka Doncic. Marsh, you took the options. You also went Luka. Correct answer is Mr. Game 7 himself, Kevin Durant. It oh was God. Kevin Durant. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Zero, zero tie. Was it against the Bucs? I don't know, we Andrew. Don't know. I'm going to look that up. We just make up the question. okay? Dennis Bawanga leads all of MLS with nine goals on the season. Which team does Boanga play for? Tim, you went LAFC. Marsh, you went Seattle Sounders. Correct answer is... That's in fact LAFC. Tim's got himself a 1-0 lead over Marsh. What US state is the wettest? Where it rains on average 63.7 inches per
6: year. State. State. Oh god. <laughs> 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 That's what I thought. Marsh?
5: Oh my
4: you said Seattle. Yeah,
1: it's a new one. If you said Seattle,
4: Washington, or Washington, you'd have been at least in the hemisphere. Uh, Seattle is what Marsh went with. Tim, you went Oregon, which wasn't an option. Oh,
1: thank God! Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> your options, guys: Hawaii, Florida, and Washington.
5: That was probably the easiest answer that we just completely screwed up. Marsh, what, what would you like to
4: guess? It's not going to count, but Hawaii, Florida, Washington. What's your guess, Marsh? Hawaii, Florida, Washington. I mean, I would go with Washington. <laughs>
6: Tim, <laughs> I would. I would. I was up there in the Northeast, yeah. so I would have said was Washington. I mean, it was. I was between Washington and Oregon.
4: The results remain the same. Correct answer there is. Yes. Hawaii. Why? Oh, is it because it's
5: surrounded by water? I don't know. Yeah, wow. But then it it again, is know. water it's wet? You know, I
6: don't know. It sure is. It
5: sure is. Well
6: that's oh, a man. Big debate.
4: All right. So
6: Tim like it's always cloudy in Oregon.
4: <laughs> Tim's got a 1-0 lead. Comes down to this. Back in March, St. Louis City SC won their first home match of the season against which team? Tim, you went Austin FC after asking for the options. Oof. Oh. If it's Austin FC the San Jose earthquakes Tim wins if it's Charlotte FC Marsh wins because Marsh did not need the options for this and Charlotte FC as we know from Tim's questions is an option well correct answer is Charlotte FC Tim
1: you have chosen Holy
2: lose,
4: Tim. You won, won. it on that one. That was it. He won it on that
6: question. I didn't deserve that one.
4: <laughs> I should. I, didn't
6: I, that. I, I should have brushed up on my MLS. I should have brushed Soccer. up on my hearing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was just a rough. That was just a rough gauntlet all the way around. From the you know,
6: when he said, when Mark said Seattle, I was like, oh no, did I get that question wrong? Because I was thinking that I got it. I heard, I thought I heard State, and my kids are yelling at me. It's Florida no uh, <laughs> that would have been a good guess
4: i mean from from that to the alphabet mishap i mean we just we just had a rough
6: one for here. about
4: 13 and a half minutes here so uh tim right. we, we appreciate you listening though man thank you thanks for playing thanks guys take right. care
6: see you soon Tim. All right. see you later
4: all right that's uh that's tim here in the fast lane on 101 at espn uh, after his performance last night. Congratulations by the way, Marsh. Oh, yeah.
2: Marshy, that that wasn't pretty, but you know what?
4: Good teams find a way you know, to grind it right. out. You know you're right. You know what? They don't you ask the... how. They mm-hmm. ask how many, and I got more than yeah. 10. You got the W. That's the only thing that matters. <sighs> you totally yeah. redeemed yep. yourself. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, and so did Jack Flaherty after last I mean, night. He did. Do we owe him an apology? Hell no. Oh, we'll <laughs> give him one. We'll give him one fast lane style. Next, on want a one ESPN. <laughs>
1: to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobb's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN
0: I love how he shaped his slider differently. Sometimes you'd see him with the bigger slider. Other times it would be a little bit t- tighter, not quite the cutter, but just a little tighter slider. The breaking ball had more depth on it than we've seen in the past. Like, I don't know what switch flip for Jack. I don't know if he finally just uh, hit the effort it button, and I'm just going to go out there and just, just let it rip. I'm tired of answering all these questions. I don't know if he just got fed up. I don't know if he fixed something. Mechanically, I don't know if he just had a, a different thought process, but he looked like a different pitcher, and he looked like a guy that the Cardinals are going to need the rest of the way.
4: That was Brad Thompson. We know what happened. Jack, listen to us. Sewer him yesterday. We're really, really hard on uh, Jack Flaherty, guys. Some may we? say. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I don't remember.
4: Some may say that we owe Jack Flaherty an apology. For what? You expecting him to do his job? No. Oh, you right. My bad. For sewering him.
2: Why? How do we sue him for being uh... So, for bringing up actual being too numbers? Tough on him.
4: What, Jamie? We what? owe we owe him an apology. All right, sorry, and I'm gonna so. deliver it right now. Oh, okay. Jack, we're sorry. Okay, we're sorry. That you feel that way. <laughs> time to play a lineup game here in the fast lane on 101 espn this should be
2: easy you just won 18 to one this should be all this yeah, should be copy lef- and paste if there a was ever a, a
4: left hander's on the on the bump jamie. if there
2: was ever a time anthony to stay consistent it's when you put up an astronomical amount of runs so i'm i'm confident today
4: hey jamie yeah what's rule number one in the fast lane That's right. If you put Nolan Gorman oh, in the lineup against a lefty, it's a federal crime.
2: Yeah, I didn't. That, yeah, okay. You kind of misled me with that
4: question. And Wade cause... Miley's on the bump. He's a lefty. Okay. All right, here we go. Well, typically, Tommy Edmond. This has been t- There you go. Okay. Tell okay. me,
2: Tommy boy, you are so oh. wrong. Oh boy, okay. this is gonna be a long one today, then.
4: Okay.
2: Who the hell? I was, I
4: was waiting for that, and we need you, Tommy boy. Okay, is it Newt? Just go ahead. That'd be that'd be the only, only other guy I would say to lead off. Typically, he doesn't lead off against lefties, but yeah, yeah, yep. Show us Newt. Newt, There it is. There it is. Newt. 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 Okay.
2: All right. Okay. Well, that was well. This one's easy.
4: Can't be too crazy. Oh, Paul Goldschmidt. Show us. Thank you, Jamie. Paul Goldschmidt.
2: I love gold. Okay. Now uh, here's where it gets. Uh, this is where it's going to um, get crazy.
4: Absolutely. Show us Wilson Contreras.
1: Oh, Wilson! Just... Wilson! 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 It's
4: not going to get that crazy, Jamie. Come on. I, I don't
2: really appreciate
4: the way you just. Come on. spit it out, though. Come on. You know what
2: I mean? Oh, this one. Go ahead. Now you can go, Anthony. Show us. Nolan Arenado.
5: Can I say one more thing? Okay. Albert Pujols, I love you, man.
2: All right. Good. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Brendan Donovan. Mm, fifth. Yeah. I man, that's where he was yes. yesterday. Yippee! Against the lefty. Yippee! Yeah. Are you going yippee and not at five? Not at five, you're not going yippee. No way. Strongly you disagree. You are
4: going Donovan here,
2: or DeYoung? Nah, no. he hasn't
4: moved DeYoung up at all.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't either. Just let him, let him continue to do what he's doing. Okay, so who's our outfield? What do we think our outfield is going to be? We got Newt. Got to be in center field.
4: Newt. Who's Don- going to be
2: in right field? Like Donovan he, has to play in this game, does he not?
4: Yeah, I would say I would say it's Donovan, Newt, and no, it would be. Yippie, Newt, and Donovan. Okay. Yippie's going to be out there.
2: Yeah, but he's not going to be at five. I, okay. just, I'm going to stay with Brendan Donovan. All right, go for it. Brendan Donovan, God. please.
5: You're wrong. Okay,
4: thanks, Janet. Okay. So unless he's getting crazy with something we're not thinking of, I think this is Yippie.
2: I disagree, but I don't, I, okay. I don't have a better answer.
4: Well, who else? Let's, then let's let's walk let's walk down the path, together, united, arm in arm. Yeah. If it's not Yippee, it's likely to be a right-hander. Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung.
2: But I don't think he's fat field. fit.
4: Marsha got mail. <laughs> You've got mail. Okay, so Yippee. No, you, you you just got. Let's then let's go DeYoung. All right. Fine. Do you feel it in your bones? Yes. Okay. I would then show then show us the king (laughs) the king has returned you fought me on it for good reason nice job there Jamie you kind of somewhat didn't believe yourself but we went with it anyways
3: right on Jamie right on
4: okay thanks Janet six now this is Donovan I'm okay with that this is Donovan all right show us Brendan Donovan
6: Sorry, guys. Okay, Janet, you're starting to tick me off.
2: Uh, this is a rough day at the office here.
4: Yippee? I mean, sure. All right, show us. Yippee! What a shame. Okay, wrong Janet drop. Uh, Marshall wrong Wait, Janet drop. Did they drop. call
2: somebody up, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> like, I we're running out of players, and we got four spots left. Uh, Okay. I've got to do some some position. Okay, so it's all, not sometimes Donovan. Sometimes we forget a position.
4: It's not Donovan. It's not Yippee. I don't think it's gonna. I think we can cross off Burleson, correct?
2: I don't know why you'd play Burleson and not Gorman.
4: <laughs> I, it, let's go with Gorman. It's a federal crime. I know, but I feel like we've run out of players. Who else do we have? Kisner? Oh, yeah, Daddy. That's right. If he wants to get super crazy, you could have Kisner. Ed Edmund, but Edmund's likely at the bottom like toward the bottom of the lineup. <laughs> Gorman, yeah, it's it's either Gorman. Or Kisner? Or Kisner.
2: I Is go-
4: tonight the night? Is <laughs> no. tonight is it happening? It's not. I think it It's I,
2: happening. Uh, I
4: think it's Kisner before Gorman. I if think it's Gorman. Do,
2: okay. we disagree, but go ahead.
4: Show us Nolan Gorman.
6: Stormin' Gorman. Ah! He's taking the oh! lead by storm. He's
2: in the ah! lineup. Are you
4: serious? He's in the lineup uh, against the
2: lefty? Send bail for
4: Ollie. Federal wow. oh. crime. Ollie's like, come get me then. Wow. All right. Okay. Now we're partying wow. here. So we got our DH. Yeah. We got our catcher. Well, third. do we? Have- oh,
2: yeah. Short. Well, yeah.
4: Goldie at first, Newton center. So we need some outfielders.
2: Well we need Donovan or Yippie. Yeah. I don't think he goes lefty lefty. Okay. Like I think it would go Gorman Yepes. Okay, I'm in. Show me Yippie.
4: No, no, no. (laughs) Son of (laughs) Okay, so it's not Yippie. What the hell is it then?
2: Is it Kisner here?
4: Yes. No. No. No, it's not. No, it can't be. Yeah, yeah. Gorman solved the Kisner question. So we have... Is it <laughs> <laughs> Who did you just say? You said Yippee, right?
2: I said Yippee, and oh, I Oh, got... what about
4: Donovan? Oh, no, okay. you said no lefty-lefty.
2: I said, but at this point... Edmund, I'm...
4: then. At, turn, turn Edmund around. What? <laughs> He's hitting right-handed. That's what I thought you meant. What else would I mean, Jamie? Oh, I don't know, Anthony. Who knows with you? Okay, so it's either Edmund... Yeah, if it's not Yippie, it's gotta be Edmond. Show us Tommy Edmond.
2: But right now I'm gonna be yes. you, Tommy Boy! Wow, he has jacked to get up his line. Is- Comical tonight. Okay. Alright. All no. I don't know. Yippie? <laughs> <laughs> y- Yippie's not I think it's gonna go Yep as Donovan. That's what I think.
4: Yeah, because he need he needs outfielders. And,
2: and he's not gonna put Yep as the nine-hole.
4: No, and okay. Good call.
2: I go. Show us. You're okay with this? Yeah. Show us. Yippee! No way in hell.
4: (laughs) Mm. What
2: the fuck It's got to be be Donovan,
4: then. It has to be. I
2: quit. That's it. I can't handle this anymore.
4: Show us Brendan Donovan. It has to be. Dun, dun, (sighs) Thank you.
2: This is a really bad performance.
4: Well, I mean, in in defense of us, we... Nobody would have gotten this on first try.
2: No, I don't care. I expect more. Ollie of us. wouldn't have.
4: Ollie wrote the lineup out. He wouldn't have. I can't first remember try.
2: what he did now.
4: Okay, so ninth <sighs> would be.
2: How you have to have Juan, yeah, Yepes Juan Yepes. in the outfield and in this lineup, yeah. you need it. Like you have to. Yeah. Unless there's some like player I don't know about. Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. I'm scared of it now.
4: Show us Yippee.
3: That's ridiculous.
4: Mm. So the only the only guys left on the roster,
2: Alec Burleson.
4: Oh Alec, Alec Burleson.
2: Why would you go with another left bat in there? Like I just don't understand the. the...
4: Who the hell's left? Okay, there's Burleson. We know we know Yippie's not in the lineup. <sighs> Burleson, Kisner, and Barrera. It's the only guys that are. Unless we... he got
2: Edmund in the outfield, and did he put Gorman at second and Kisner's DHing? <laughs>
4: Kisner says Kisner has had a hot bat. I mean you could you could do this. Yes, you could have Edmund out in the outfields Edmund Donovan and new And Donovan is your second baseman or I'm sorry Gorman is your second baseman and
2: Kisner is the DH at 9
4: And then you've got Donovan and Edmund flanking flanking excuse me uh (sighs) (laughs) flanking (laughs) flanking Look this lineup's got me all out of uh, I'm discombobulated
2: I think we I think we do it. Why not? We've we absolutely screwed this thing up. Kis Show daddy. us kiss daddy.
3: So and it took well under his wing.
4: Are you My. serious? Alright, I I gotta hear this. What <laughs> run it.
2: Wow. I apologize to all of our listeners for that debacle. I don't. Leading off. That was comical. In center field.
5: And this is according to Jeff Jones, who posted the lineup today. Leading off in center field, Lars newpar batting second playing first base Paul Goldschmidt batting third the
2: DH shut up Whoa. Wilson Contreras he's back to DH folks you're Wait, clean we... up hitter third oh, he's, baseman he's back behind the plate oh I, we we're gonna I, oh my
5: third baseman Nolan Arnado. batting fifth the shortstop Paul DeYoung batting sixth the second baseman Nolan Gorman Batting seventh, the right fielder, Tommy Edman. Batting eighth, the left fielder, Brendan Donovan, and batting ninth, the
1: catcher, Andrew Kessner. Back, back, back back, back, back,
3: back, back, back. They Go Go I don't believe what I just saw!
4: Marsh, you got on the board last night. Yeah, I did, and it was big. It was huge. So you are that was your first home run? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll follow it up with another one. Go ahead. Jamie needs to pick his jaw Ooh. off the floor. Yeah. I'm exhausted
2: after that. <laughs> you know what?
5: I think Nolan Gorman's going to hit a home run against the lefty today. Okay.
4: He's my guy. <laughs> there you go. Jamie, who do you got?
2: I don't know. Um... You went with Gorman? He's sick, son of a... Uh, let's see here. Miley on the bump. I think Goldie gets it done. Nice and early, too. Paul Goldschmidt.
4: Uh, I will say... I'm going to take Wilson. I'm going to take Wilson Contreras. It's between him or DeYoung, and I'm going to take Contreras Alright. against Miley. So here's your home run derby. All right, there you go. The lineup game, very entertaining today for some, agonizing for others. What's the best way to structure a team cap-wise for the Blues? It's next on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: It's a fast line on 101 ESPN, Jamie. Yeah. What's the best way to structure a team cap-wise, specifically for our St. Louis Blues?
2: Yeah. So you know, we we kind of discussed this a little bit earlier too. The pattern right now for a lot of teams is you you have a couple of high-end forwards to where it's the eight, nine, ten million and above price threshold. And then you usually have a number one defenseman that's you know six and a half million and higher, and you go from there. And so when you look at the Blues' uh, lineup as we as we move forward, you've got a couple of guys that are going to make some big money next year. Uh, Robert Thomas, obviously being one, and Jordan Kyrou being the other, both of them making eight point one million dollars. Then from that point. Moving forward, your next highest paid player is Braden Shen at 6.5. So the, the Blues trying to emulate, you know, what the last, the, for the final four teams uh, have done respectively with their teams. And that's why Doug Armstrong looked at getting Kasperi Kapanen right at the $3.2 million mark and Jacob Verana at 2.6. This is why Army went and got those guys. They fit that mold of the depth, the next tier of player following your superstars. And that's how you're going to try and create depth for your team. And right now, depth is winning in the playoffs. Question earlier, and it still remains, is your your high-end talent talented enough to be your top of the food chain salary cap-wise? So at $8.1 million, respectively, are Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas enough to be those guys? They're going to have to be. Because you don't have the cap space moving forward to bring in uh, a nine or a ten million dollar player, unless you're willing to part with Thomas or Kyrou in a trade. And at that point, I feel like it's kind of a lateral move. So who are you going to bring in that's making ten million? I just don't know who that player is. And so we'll see. And then when you get to the defensive core, um, you know your your top three guys are Falk, Krug, and Pareko, all at six point five. But they don't have a true number one defenseman. And so that's where I think Army's going to have to get creative by shoring up some of the depth on, on the blue line, meaning, you know, I, I wouldn't hate to see a left handed shot total shutdown defenseman. I bring up Joel Edmondson's name a lot. It's not that I just want Joel Edmondson, it's that type of player that I'd like to see. Watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, You're looking at some of the moose out there playing defense. It's a different game, man. And you can you can you know put in all your puck moving defensemen that you want, your little agile, mobile guys. Come playoff time, you need those oak trees. You need them now. If you can get a guy that does both, uh, that's a nice luxury as well. But for me, that's where the Blues need to upgrade. I think the forwards are going to be just fine. The Army's going to go out and find some more depth. But Sammy Blay really turned the world on its head this year. He became a very valuable player for your lineup, and Jake Nabors finished the season really strong. So those are two guys where you're like, okay, third and fourth line guys, this is good depth for us. Brandon Saad, I think that you know he he's okay. At 4.5, I'm all right with that. I think that that's right in the wheelhouse. So Army, for me, after the 8.1, and the 6.5 for Braden Shen, which nobody's arguing with, after that, he's going to have to stay in a good range to where he builds depth with guys like Kasperi Kapanen and Jacob Verana and then whoever player X, Y, or Z is that he's able to add. But again, the salary cap is a, um, it's a, it's a struggle. It is, and it's tough when you're a cap team, and, and most teams are cap teams unless they're tanking, which is crazy. Because when the salary cap came in, you had tiers of teams. And now, just to stay competitive, to keep the parity where it is in the NHL, you darn near have to be a cap team every season. And that's where the Blues are. And the Blues, thankfully, they've got great ownership that want to win and put a good product on the ice. This year, it was unfortunate, but it's not because of lack of effort. It's not like the Blues said, oh, we're just going to tank and get rid of a bunch of players. Army made some savvy moves. You could have ended up with a bunch of minor league guys and just said, screw it, we're going to get all the assets we can. But you didn't. You end up you with Kapanen and,
4: and Verona. You rolled the dice on on talent that just hasn't panned out.
2: Well, you rolled the dice a little bit, but at least it's talent that you knew has been, had been there instead of a young kid, a prospect, or a draft pick that you don't know. True. So I actually liked the thought process behind getting these reclamation projects. Now Army's going to have to go find other ones that make sense, too, That hopefully once they get here, they
4: compete and they play well for Chief because they're going to need it. If you know you're going to be driving around this week and you won't be able to watch the NHL playoffs, don't worry. We've got you covered. We've got game one between the Hurricanes and the Panthers on Thursday night, pregame starting at 630. And we've got game one of the Golden Knights Stars Western Conference Finals Pre-game starting at seven o'clock on Friday night. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We got our Sports Six Pack coming up at the top of the hour, 314-399-9646. So if you want to start to get start to get your questions in now, we'll do our Sports Six Pack at five o'clock. But is this the Cardinals team that we expected to see all season, at least offensively? That's next on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: 18 runs last night for the Cardinals as they beat the Brewers. Crossham 18 to one. Chip Carey on the call. Bally Sportsman West with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalters, the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Is this the Cardinals team that we expected to see all season? Offensively, I think yeah, this is the this is the offense that we thought coming into the year. This is what what we were excited to see. A lineup that was deep. A lineup that one through nine could build off of each other. A lineup that, you know, can be extended and you don't know where your outs are if you're the, the opposing pitcher. I've changed my thought a little bit on this offense. Jamie, I think you you and I disagree a little bit on this. Sugar. You know, Jamie, Just what, what's your problem? Just you. Go. I think this is a feast or famine lineup. And I think, Jamie, you've been a prisoner of the moment. Oh, God. You love to see, do- that's you what love you're to doing? See, you know, Jamie, you love to see right now that the Cardinals are doing well. And you're like, yeah, you know what, Anthony? This is the best offense ever. Yeah, what was your question to start the segment? In two weeks, when this offense dips back down again, you're going to be complaining.
2: Well, sorry for being, uh, I don't know, excited and positive uh, something you know, I'm sure you struggle with. Oh, However, yeah,
4: you were real positive over the last couple of weeks. What was your question to start
2: the segment, Anthony? Is this
4: the Cardinals we expected to see all season?
2: Yeah, it is. The same lineup that national media said could be the best offensive lineup in all of Major League Baseball, certainly in the National League. It hasn't been, but it's starting to look like it. So, to your question, yes.
4: Yeah. The start of the year, I expected it to look this way. Now that we have more a bigger sample size, I think that this is a feast or famine lineup. Why? Why? Yeah. Based on what we've seen. April started off pretty good. How about you oh, talk let's... about
2: May, Anthony?
4: Okay, let's talk about you're May. like prisoner let's do... of the moment. Oh, that's fine. Let's talk about May. Yeah. Start the start of the month, did it, did it go well offensively? You were good? You like what you saw there? Let's go. let's go to the start of the month well, as I try go, to Anthony. buy myself some time yeah, to exactly. look at this, what they did. Yeah, they scored one run against the Angels, then four, then seven, then bad Tigers team showed up. You scored four runs off them, five, needed 10 to do that, then 12, I'll give you that. Uh, three against the Cubs, six, four your runs eight oh, yeah. four nine eighteen wow Anthony that doesn't sound too terrible
2: to me if you cherry pick sure ah, there's no not even cherry picking count the amount of games we have four runs or more why four because I think four runs should win you a game
4: not with this pitching
2: I said should win you a game
4: and I said not with this pitching
2: correct but the question wasn't about the pitching This whole segment was based around the offense, Anthony. So if if you're going to bring up cherry picking, I guess you're going to just do that, right?
4: Hey, Jamie. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, when they're not scoring 9 and 18 runs, I don't want you coming to cry to me. Because I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to say, hey, I told you that this is a feast or famine lineup. (laughs) It's going to get red hot for a little bit, and then it's going to cool off. Then it's going to get red hot, and then cool off. And there's not going to be much consistency. So enjoy the ride right now. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad. I'm glad they're winning. I'm glad they're winning games. But if they don't fix this pitching, that
2: likes it when they lose, because you'd rather be right than to see them be successful. Anthony's a six-one-eight. Maybe you are. You know what? We haven't
5: heard I from am him today. Po- by the way, I am
4: way too positive to be the six-one-eight. We
5: have not heard from That's him scary. today. That's
4: scary too. I am way too positive to be the six-one-eight. That is scary. We I actually... like the offense coming in to the season. So what
2: the hell's changed? Why was that offense not feast or famine then? You're contradicting Because yourself. I didn't
4: know, Jamie. I was projecting. I thought it was going to be a juggernaut with a capital J. And now? And now that we're a month and a half into the season, yeah. You got me. I think it's feast or famine now. Sue me.
2: I would, but there's really, you know,
4: nothing. Good <laughs> luck <walk> with that. <laughs>
2: I don't want to. <laughs> Good luck, Jamie. Well, i are not
4: a crew your deck. Good luck,
2: Jamie. I disagree strongly. Well, we got lots of texts, okay. Anthony. Someone asked
4: if you were actually trolling yourself. I'm not that. trolling myself. <laughs> Look, I can sit here right now and say this is the best offense. This I don't is, want this to. This is the greatest offense.
5: Things. This is fantastic. This Christmas. is excellent. They're calling Jesus. you Dr. Stalter and Mr. Hate.
4: I That's can, right. I can so ride true. the roller coaster if you want me to. Right now, it's great. It's all smiles. Everybody's loving it. You get on the roller coaster. You have a great time. You come out. you look. You, what do you look for? Marsh, you look for ice cream. Anthony, and then you eat I'm the cold. ice cream.
5: I'm getting right back on that coaster. I'm Fine. getting right back in line. Then you do it twice. Oh, I'm going to be on that coaster all season long. And then you jump right off, and then what do you do? You look for ice cream and everybody's happy. Ice cream. Who
2: the hell looks for ice cream?
5: Everybody's <laughs> happy. I, I actually when I go to Six Flags after I'm done I go under this one of those like mist machines. Sure, I like yeah. spray you it cuz it's kind of hot. Okay,
2: so uh, you I look know, for the I mist know. machine. Yeah. Uh, those
5: turkey head? legs, those are pretty good. Yeah, the turkey legs are <laughs> good.
2: Funnel
4: cake. Yeah, funnel that cake. That powdered yeah. sugar. Yeah. Nobody oh, looks man. for ice cream, Anthony. Yeah, do they even Oh yeah, everybody not everybody. A lot of people look for ice cream. You know what? I take it
5: back. I like the ice cream in the waffle cone. There you go. If we're going to Six Flags, it's right off to the left. Sure, you go right there. Yeah. Solid spot. Or
4: if you're at uh, Disney World, you look for one of those $42 uh, <laughs> Mickey Mouse ice creams.
5: Man, you know, <laughs> is <laughs> it worth penny. going? I've never been. <laughs> no, it isn't.
4: We we went back in what was it February that we went, and anytime that the kids like they wanted ice cream, or whatever. My kids, they're small. They don't that they, they don't tend to eat everything. Yeah. I sat there after spending about six thousand dollars on Mickey Mouse ice creams. After they they were like, "I'm full." Mike, you put you come over here and give that ice cream to me. I'm eating it. I'm not even hungry, but I'm gonna eat that ice cream. We're not throwing away, but you know, forty-two dollar ice cream. Okay. And was I sick? Sure. But we're not wasting money. All right, Jamie? Sure, Anthony. Just like we're not wasting this what? offense right now because it looks good. What? I... you got to believe more. Sports 6-Pack is next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN i have a question it's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately asking me all these weird questions answer the question answer the question answer me the sports six-pack is refreshed by maggie o'brien's your go-to irish pub in st louis for over 42 years
4: 506, your time trick is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane, and this is the Sports Six Pack. What do you got, Marsh? Question number one. From the
5: 314, is Major League Baseball trying to incentivize Coast teams in dying markets to spend money because of the dying health of baseball? New rules and new power player.
4: Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Deep of a question, right up the coast. Can you repeat that?
5: Uh, Is Major League Baseball trying to incentivize coast teams, like teams on the
4: West Coast and East East
5: Coast, Coast, Uh, uh, in dying markets to spend money because of the dying health of
2: baseball? Why would they only be worried about the coast? Because the money,
4: bigger markets. Yeah, just I'm still Based on to, the question. Yeah.
2: yeah. Bigger markets,
5: but I guess dying baseball markets. Okay,
4: so so my question though would be how are they how is major league baseball enticing those teams to spend more money? Mm, with the new rules maybe. I don't know I don't know.
5: I, don't, I think I'm it's just, I'm just the messenger, Anthony. Don't shoot the messenger, you know?
4: Well, the Yankees so let's just break this down real quick. So the Yankees have always spent money. The Red Sox have typically spent money. The Mets have spent money but typically unwisely and now steve cohen takes over so steve cohen's going to spend a bunch of money philly's not 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 on a coast but they are on the they they are on east there are they are in the east but dave dombrowski's the gm and he's typically going to spend the owner's money if he's able to so i just think it's coincidence the padres are the only team that doesn't make any sense to me
2: what they're doing up what, they're there? Do, what they're doing We're down there yeah yeah that's not
4: know. that's not an organization that that prints money like the dodgers or the yankees them spending money just it doesn't that's the only one that doesn't make sense the giants tried to spend money and only arson judge would take it <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't work out no not at all so i don't know i don't i don't know what the how major league baseball would entice them
2: yeah i don't know either um
4: I'm going to say no. It's a no no for me.
2: It's a no for me too, Anthony.
4: Question Question number two.
5: From the 573, if the Rams win the division in the 2010-2011 season, does anything change from that point on regarding their performance on the field in the relocation situation?
4: I don't think so. What year? 2010 and 2011. Yeah, that's out. when
5: they lost to the Seahawks in that final game, right?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the that was like a de facto wild card game, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then the Seahawks went on to beat the Saints. Yeah, that was guys, the Marshawn Lynch. That was the beast mode game. Yeah. I
2: absolutely do not think it changes. One I don't either. Thing, at all.
4: Yeah, I don't. At I don't all. either. I think he he probably. Okay, let's let's just take a big picture view here. Who did Cronky have in his back pocket? Not even back pocket. Who did Cronky have on his side? Jerry Jones. He had Jerry Jones, and he had essentially Goodell. Yeah. He had everything he needed. And really, it's just let's just start let's just start and end with Jerry Jones. He had Jerry Jones. So there was it didn't matter what sort of playoff success the Rams had; there was going to be enough to move the Rams out from the NFL's viewpoint because they weren't even going to follow their own guidelines, anyways, for relocate for relocating. Correct. And the other big thing, and I, and as we're seeing with teams like Oakland, you know, the the city of Oakland and moving those sports franchise out of that market. If you're willing to pay for a stadium on the west Coast, that's gonna be like the ultimate. And Cronkie was willing to fork his, you know fork over his own money to pay for that new stadium out in LA. That was it. Between that and jo- getting Jones on his side, it, it really didn't matter. Everything else was was eyewash with the fans, the St. Louis fans, and all that crap. That's, that's the thing that stings. It was unnecessary. Absolutely.
1: Question number three.
4: This will be
5: a good one. From 314, what would a Jack Flaherty extension look like, and how likely
4: do we think it's going to happen? I don't know. You'd have to ask another team. I'd be—look, I, I hope Jack Flaherty—I mean this, too. I mean this. I hope Jack Flaherty pitches as well last night. Is he, I hope he does it all season. I really do. But I would I've been saying this for about, about different players now for years. The number one thing that I think the Cardinals front office should be doing each and every offseason is eliminating some of these questions. Every year, it's a question if this, if that, if this, if that, because we, we talk about it nonstop. I would eliminate the Jack Flaherty question. Oh, did he did he bounce back? Is he good now? I would eliminate that question.
5: I agree. I, I think we're we'll just giving the extension on. now. Oh. oh
4: okay so Marsh would go, <laughs> Marsh would go a different route. No, I would I would utilize whatever he does this year, hope it's great, and then thank you, thank you for your, your services.
5: Thank you, next. Thank you. Yeah. Next.
2: Ditto.
4: I'd move. Question
5: on number four. It. From the 309, do you think Arson Judge is a cheater? Don't know if you guys caught the audio of the oh, Blue yeah. Jays broadcast yesterday. <laughs> well, that would be Aaron Judge. Arson Judge is a saint. and yeah, uh, Arson Judge would not can cheat. Can't do no wrong. Yeah.
2: I don't even understand what the big deal is. He was looking over at whatever right before he hit a home run. But, like, it, it could be a a multitude of things.
5: He said that
4: he was looking over because yeah,
2: the team the, was chirping, they were up 6
5: nothing and he was like looking over like, "Wow, why are the guys chirping?" Well,
4: Boone got ejected and and guys were were chirping. The the, the so some, some of the Yankees players were vocal, they were yelling at the umpire. Yeah. So, Judge said he was looking over to see which ones were saying something. I don't know how much I buy that. However, if they had if they had something on Toronto's pitching staff, I can't remember what the reliever was at the time. They they completely roasted Alec Manoa. But whoever the reliever was at the time the judge hit the home run on, if they had something on him, then everybody, everybody would have joined in that parade. It, it, it couldn't have just been Judge that had something, and he was looking over to the dugout to get like location or whatever on that. I don't, I don't think it. I, I think it looks bad because Toronto, like Dan Shulman and the play, the color analyst for Toronto, they were talking about it, and they should. They're like, that looks weird. But what all, if he
2: just saw somebody he knew?
4: He may have,
2: or somebody he liked to look at. Sure. What like what? Like, whatever. Who
4: cares? I don't think he was cheating.
2: I with the temperature. Uh, surrounding cheating in Major League Baseball, with the the sticky icky, and then the Astros and all the stuff that's going on. I can't imagine the Yankees, let alone Aaron Judge, would be in on a, another cheating ring. Like, I don't, I don't know.
5: Yeah, do you judge, think they were telling them <laughs> like whether or not to swing or take a pitch? Oh yeah, they telling Aaron. <laughs> he,
4: <laughs> if I'm Aaron Judge, I'm like, guys, I'm not looking at you. I'll I'll do it myself. Please. Question so, no, number. Four. I don't think he was. I don't think he was cheating.
2: And how would you? Good question here. How do you cheat with pitch calm?
4: Right. The only thing would be again if there was some some sort of Radio interceptor. No, I'm just some something that the dugout could see that the reliever was doing to tip his pitch. So
2: what? That's well, not cheating.
4: You go up. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, that's your own fault. You got to figure that it point. out then. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: We're
5: actually on Question number five. My counting was off. From the 636, how many Nolans are in the are are in Major League Baseball? And can we trade for all of them?
4: How many Nolas? Nolan. Nolan Nolan.
2: with an N. Anthony.
4: I was thinking of Aaron Nola. Mm,
2: Right after the letter M in the alphabet. Thank you. Maybe
4: you need to know that. The letter. The letter R comes before S, right before it, in fact. Yep. Anyways. Mm. Uh, Nolan's. I don't know who else. I don't know.
5: I don't know if it's, it's a Nolan. actually a question of how many there are, uh, but basically saying, them. Hey, we want them because they're very good. Yeah. I think Nolan Arnado is very good.
2: I think we have the good ones going. No yeah, I don't is very
4: good. I think Jamie's right. I don't know what any other Nolans that I mean Nolan Ryan, sure, in his in his heyday, but he's not pitching anymore, guys. No. So yeah, I'm with Jamie. We already have the good ones. Mm-hmm.
1: Next. Question number six. Question six, please. From the
4: Where did it go? Three one four.
5: I just had it, Anthony.
4: 618. 636. Oh boy. 901. Nope. What? Are you
2: just freezing up here? That's I it. just had it. You just, just gave up on You
4: just gave up. up. He did. He gave
2: up. That's disgusting. I just <laughs> had the question. <laughs> it's disgusting. We don't give up in the fast lane. You did. You, you, I'm you, looking you, for it because I want that question. You know what? I wanted to ask just, it. What, how do you not remember it? I don't
5: know, Jamie. Whatever. I mean, he's giving up. Okay. He's, he's tapped he's out. From he's the six-three-six, who wins tonight
2: between the Lakers and the Nuggets? That's that is not true. That is not your That's question. Not the question I that wanted. Is...
4: <laughs> I'll accept the question. Nuggets. Lakers. It's a fast line. ESPN. want to one. Yeah, now he is.
5: I mean, this this question I had it and it just it just disappeared. It's okay. It happens.
4: Maybe it will be the biggest question of the day.
5: Maybe, but some people could think it was their question, and now they want it.
4: Well, they those, want it right off. Those people are just going to have to deal with uh, disappointment. And no, just blame Marsh. That's all. Or blame Marsh. Yeah, yeah. Either way. All right, this lineup tonight. Wow, we played the lineup game. We did horrible. We'll read off the lineup to you coming up, and you'll realize why we just did so poorly on it. But we'll also react to it next on One One ESPN. <laughs>
1: Back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
4: Well, the Cardinals will take on the Brewers tonight, and boy, the lineup, it is a doozy. An absolute doozy. Jamie and I did well. No, we did. Well, we did
2: for first four yeah then it, then it just i mean then it nose well
5: actually you guys got the first one wrong
4: yeah but within the i mean okay, yeah, I, gotta,
2: yeah, i'll stop talking boy that hurts he's just, I'm just <sighs> something's off with you
4: today. something's off today march you were yelling at the listeners well, earlier you know
2: what i know what it is too his laptop charger's broken it is yeah. he doesn't have his laptop i don't here. i walked naked. in today and andrew was already here that threw me off personally i'm not yeah. gonna lie But he's been off today a little bit.
4: Marsh, can I ask you something? Yeah. Did you lose last night in MLB the show?
5: No, I actually didn't play. Oh no! I didn't play last night. Now
4: I'm really concerned.
2: Why would you not
4: play? What's going on, Marsh? Before we get into this lineup, you as a a human being, guy here. Yeah, you as a human being, you matter more than the lineup. Okay.
5: I didn't play last night. No. Why? Fellas weren't on.
4: Do they not want to hang out anymore? Or is there something? Oh, It
5: must have been a Wi-Fi problem. I don't know. Wasn't wasn't get, me, though. Um, wasn't me. Did you get gaming
2: dumped no. by your friends? Wow, that's actually...
5: That That Dude. would actually hurt.
4: Okay, well, we're going you know, to keep an eye on that you.
5: That actually did happen to me one time, but I'll tell you guys about that another time.
2: Somebody ghost you online?
4: Yeah. Say, hey, I,
2: I can't... Play, I've got mm-hmm. to work, and then you found out that they were playing?
4: Wow. Is there a new woman in your life, Marsh? Were you seeing somebody last night? No. Random Why? Monday night? No, I, I got a good
5: lift be. in at the gym.
4: Came home and made chicken? Chicken, yeah, rice, and broccoli?
2: No. He brought his loaf of bread home. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he does. Of times.
4: We'll look over Jamie and I will look over and Marsh Marshall just have a loaf of bread sitting right there on Brings his desk. The entire loaf of bread. the entire loaf of bread. He's like, I'm not going to put two pieces in a Ziploc bag and bring it in. I'm going to bring the entire loaf like i yeah. a psychopath. I make the sandwich. Full tub At of butter. It's it's my full desk. tub of butter.
2: Full thing of mustard. Boom. I guess it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's all we in. Got, we got Some,
5: the cane sauce too in the refrigerator. Yeah, Look over
4: did. like if I didn't know Marsh, I would think <laughs> this is a serial killer and we should be, we should, uh, be concerned. Okay, here's your lineup tonight. Newt in center, and I'm going to read off the positions too because this gets interesting. So nude is in center leading off. Goldie, and by the way, it's a lefty on the hill. Wade Miley's on the hill for the, the Brewers tonight. He's a lefty. Goldie hitting second at first, at first base. Contreras is usually hitting third against a lefty, so no change there, although he got uh, he got benched again. He got benched. Cardinals must not have liked the way he handled the game last night with Jack Flaherty on the hill because Contreras is your DH. Nolan Arnato is your cleanup hitting third. Paul DeYoung gets moved up. The King has returned. He's hitting fifth, and he's your shortstop. Nolan Gorman is facing a lefty tonight. He's hitting sixth. He's your second baseman. Tommy Edmond is hitting seventh. He's in right field. First time Tommy Edmond has played the outfield since August 25th of 2021. Brendan Donovan is hitting eighth. He's your left fielder, and Andrew Big Daddy Kisner Ooh. is your catcher tonight, and he's hitting ninth I after destroying a pitch last night. Was the catcher? The... No, he got benched. You have to wait another week. Then he will get another start, and then they'll bench him again. And they'll... this is—it's just going to be a thing, okay, Jamie? What do you guys think of the lineup?
2: I don't know what the hell to think about this lineup, to be honest.
4: I mean, we've been begging Gorman to be in this lineup against a lefty, so I'm digging it. I'm fine
2: with that. Uh, I just think it's weird that you go right back to Andrew Kisner after this whole soap opera, for lack of better words. I just find it's weird. Jamie. No, listen to me for a second. You go out and you make this announcement that, like, Wilson Contreras has put in the work, and he's the catcher now. The very next day, he's back to DH. Tell me you don't think it's a little weird.
4: For this team, this year? Yeah. I think it's right on cue.
2: Yeah, but you're right, for this team this year. But overall... It is strange. Like, I just don't know why you would do that. The optics of this whole situation have been less than desirable from a Cardinals standpoint. A Mm -hmm. steady Eddie organization that has no controversy... This has been all over the map, the way it's been handled and dealt with and communicated. And then so Wilson Contreras playing last night, catching Jack Flaherty, who had his best game of the year. And Contreras, did a, for all intents and purposes, had a great game. Not offensively, he struggled at the plate. Oddly enough, he struggled <laughs> at the plate, but he was great behind the plate. Well,
4: maybe that's, maybe yeah, that's so why, that, Jamie. But,
2: yeah, you know what? He struggled at the plate, so now let's just make him a DH. Mm-hmm. So he
4: can concentrate on offense.
2: I don't know. Maybe I'm off on this. I just I feel like the optics of it, it puts question marks again, to in people's heads. Like, whoa, whoa, wow, Why is he doing that? Like, right. I think due to injuries, and
5: the lefty matchup, having Kisner in the lineup as a DH over Contreras being, you know, a DH. I don't. It just it sounds better to have Contreras be the DH than. Kisner being the DH. And I know you could put Yep as as the designated hitter as well, but maybe they want to keep him for
4: a bat, you know, off the bench
5: because you really
4: don't have one. Do you guys like Gorman and – I'm sorry, not Gorman. Donovan and Edmund in the corner outfield spots as opposed to having Yippy in one of those spots? Because I do. Anthony, I actually said this yesterday. I would leave Gorman
5: at second. I would DH Alec Burleson and I'd throw Donovan and Tommy Edmond out in the
4: outfield. Really? And he called a home run last night. Mm-hmm. Just on fire. Marsh was on fire yesterday. And you had your beat the streak. It did come through. Man. Yeah. Yesterday was good. We do need a new until beat I the streak. Until what? Didn't get the
5: play MLB of the show.
4: Yeah. Right. It went sideways. All right. Uh, <laughs> beat the streak. Okay. We got beat the streak coming up. We're going to have a question, though, for you to answer, and we we actually just talked about Yeah, to qualify. Here's your question. Who yelled at the listeners today? BT was on earlier. BT was with us earlier for a full hour. Marsh, Jamie, myself, who really took the listeners to task to the point where the other two people in the show had to say, whoa, slow down. Slow down. Stop yelling at listeners. If you have the correct answer of the person that yelled at listeners today, text in, and you'll be selected for Beat the Streak. All right? There you have it. Biggest question of the day. Come on next on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lanes biggest question of the day.
4: Timing. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> it just it just got hit me.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh what do we have? Oh yeah, the biggest question of the day. <laughs> That's what we have. What do you got there, Marsh? Uh, from the three one
5: four, if Jack Flaherty continues to pitch like he did yesterday, what does that look like for the Cardinals moving forward? Uh
4: well, I mean you'd have You'd have one dominant pitcher. I mean, it was a dominant performance last night, but you'd still only have one dominant pitcher. So for me, I don't think it changes anything when it comes to the trade deadline. If you're, if you find yourself back in the mix, whether you're in second place, first place, third place, but you're, you're in striking distance of whoever's in first place at the time at the deadline, you need pitching and you need top end pitching. I don't know what's going to be available and you're going to have to fight off other teams. Everybody's every contender is going to be looking for pitching. So you're going to have to fight off other teams that are also looking at that top-end pitching. But you're still going to need somebody. I don't care how good Jack Flaherty is pitching at that time. And I said that two months ago, too, when we had no idea what Jack Flaherty is. Yeah.
2: What it changes, quite honestly, and we talked about a little bit earlier at the top of the show, is if you have an ace, number one, like Jack Flaherty, and he's performing like that, the need to go get another one although you'd like to add it's not necessary now you can maybe go get another starter as an upgrade of one of the guys you currently have in your rotation but you don't need to go get a Max Schurz or a Justin Verlander which of course you'd like to do that but you don't need to because Jack Flaherty is your wipeout guy Uh he's your starter in game one he's your you know the guy on the bump to get you going in in a playoff series
4: What if you had two white guys? Well, no, it'd be great,
2: Anthony. But we all, we both know that all season long, we have been looking. Who's who's the guy? Who's going to be available? Who can we go get? Who's the and the marquee name? Out, it's not there. So rather than parting with pieces that maybe you don't want to, and, and hoping to get a another guy, just go get a good depth guy. I don't mean like a four or five. Get a two or three starter that gets you lots of ground balls, because we're seeing that that can pay off for the Cardinals. Play to your strength, which is supposed to be defense. Wasn't that way for a little bit, but that part of it is looking better here recently. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what changes, is what you will have to give up in order to get another starter, rather than giving up a whole lot to try and land that big fish. So that that's what changes for me. Marshall, what about you? I think... I mean, I, I feel
5: like this start is a start where you can sort of build. You know, we've talked about pitchers building off of starts. And hopefully Jordan Montgomery can can put something t- together now. But I, I feel like I, I'm hoping that these past two starts, which have looked pretty nice, you have one with Wilson, which we saw yesterday, Wilson Contreras. And then we saw on Sunday with Andrew Kisner that These pitchers just start to feel more comfortable throwing the pitches that we know they can throw and execute. That's the reason why they're on this team, why Mo went and got them, why Mo went and got Steven Matz. You know, Matz needs to feel more comfortable throwing his curveball. Yeah. Flaherty needed to feel more comfortable throwing his fastball and getting that velo up, and we saw it last night. It looked good. Like, Miles Michaelis did what he did on on Sunday. He didn't strike anybody out, but he looked comfortable – and he was dealing for the most part i think that is what needs to happen moving forward is that these pitchers need to they need to feel more comfortable on the mound with their catchers that they have and and well they better because uh, if they don't they're going to be screwed
4: john denton tweeted out in the last 15 minutes at john denton 555 mlb.com covers the cardinals says Cardinals manager Ollie Marmol on the success so far for Paul DeYoung and why he thinks the shortstop has a better shot now to keep it up with his retooled swing. Quote, I think he has an answer for a lot more now. John Denton also tweeted out, Marmol said the team has been contemplating letting Nolan Gorman get more ABs versus left-handed pitching, but doing it last weekend versus James Paxton and Chris Sale wasn't the right time they like the matchup better versus brewers left-hander wade miley hence gorman starting tonight Well, if you're wade miley you're like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> why am i so desirable no we keep that kid away from me think about it this way we didn't want him to face sale or the guy that hadn't thrown a pitch in a big league game since 2021 that being paxton mm-hmm. but against wade miley yeah we got no problem we're man. in
2: let's go we're in Mar- I hope Gorman goes Tattoos like one. two for four today with a Ding Dong Johnson. Me do. too. Yeah,
4: but not uh, nope. not nope. before yep. first Morris Contreras first it's, player hits a home run. Gory. First player. Ali also first said said that Dylan Carlson, who's dealing with the ankle sprain, took batting practice in the cage today. He has less pain with the ankle from the right side of the plate than the left. Carlson's improvement is encouraging to the club and he might not require an IL stint. I hope not.
2: Poor kid, man. He's had a tough road. Yes. You know, like uh he just had extended periods of time on the IL and you can't you can't win your spot or keep your spot from the trainers room. And that's that's tough, man. And and unfortunately in the sport of baseball when you're a when you're a hitter, certainly a player like in the defense, on the defensive side as well, like a little nagging injury to your ankle can completely throw you off.
4: Yeah, so. it kind of it kind of worked that way last year a little bit with the the wrist injury that he had.
2: Yeah, well we saw what that did to him.
4: Yep. All right, it's Fast line on 101 ESPN. We have Beat the Street coming up next. Wrap up the show. Criticisms, compliments, all next in the Fast on 101 ESPN.
1: <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're good streaky! I want to hit baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. you ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And his first big
3: lead.
4: Two streaks ended last night. Mine, I had a seven-game hit streak. That ended when that bum Christian Yelich couldn't get a base hit. And Jake, the listener, his streak ended when Willie Adamas had a rough night against Jack uh, Flaherty. But, Marsh, your streak is now up to what, four? (laughs) No, it's at one what yeah justin turner didn't get
5: a hit oh that's right you got one. it would be at four jamie's at three jamie's at three he's
4: leading okay and then we have gretchen gretchen is going to take over as uh, the new listener beat the streak how you doing gretchen
5: oh i'm great
4: excellent thanks for playing she got the question right too so she knew who yelled at the listeners today go ahead gretchen were you
2: offended by marcia yelling at the listeners today
3: you know, Marshy is so nice all the time that I think every once in a while, if he kind of blows off steam, I think, I think we can forgive him.
4: All right, fair, enough. fair yeah, enough. He's
2: nothing like Anthony.
4: I was, <laughs> I was not surprised when most of the listeners said me.
5: Yeah, uh, we, we did. We got, a, we got one from the 314. Anthony, he hates the listeners. What? <laughs> First of
4: all, I've never never yelled at the listeners. That's Ranthony. He shows up every once in a while. All right, here we go. Beat the streak. Gretchen, you're going to be third in the order, so you can't take Marsh or Jamie's selection, uh, but anybody else is up for grabs. All right, Jamie, lead us off because you got the longest streak at three.
2: Yeah, uh, I think right now, for me, this is a no-brainer. I didn't pick him to hit a home run. I picked Goldie for that. But to get a hit, Nolan Arenado, he's my guy.
4: He's pretty locked in right now. All right, yeah. so Jamie took Nolan Arnato. Marsh, who do you got? I got to go with Lars Newt Bar. Say it right Lars Taylor Tatsui Newt Bar. There you go. All right, you got the Newt. Gretchen, you're up. Who would you like? Uh, was Gorman DH today, or was he in? Gorman is playing second. Either he way, he is in the lineup. Either way, he is in the lineup, yeah.
3: Okay, I'll go with Gorman then.
4: Okay. I like it. I have Wilson Contreras to hit the home run. I'm going to go ahead and take him to get the base hit then, too. Double dip. All
2: your eggs in one basket, eh, Anthony? Why not, Jamie? Hey.
4: It may pay off. It
2: might. it might.
4: All right, so Jamie has got Nolan Arenado. Marsh took Lars Taylor, Ted Sui Nukbar. Gretchen starting her streak tonight, hopefully. Nolan Gorman. And I have Wilson Contreras for beat the streak. Gretchen, good luck to you. Hopefully we talk to you tomorrow.
3: Yeah, and um, I'm playing for a big old
4: basket of nothing, right? Oh, no, you got pride on the line. You've got <laughs> oh, oh, all, okay, sort of, okay. Gretchen, all sorts of compliments from us. wanted to make us. sure. Yeah, the fact that you'll have an opportunity to talk to us for as long as humanly possible, I think that's kind of exciting.
6: <laughs> oh, God, some would yeah, say. that's worth it
4: there's no price tag on that That's thank a you gretchen a back. yeah absolutely <laughs> you can you can be talking at the you know around the water cooler and you'd be like you know i was talking to my friend jamie rivers yesterday and people would be like okay yeah we get it so, yeah yeah, yeah. sugar uh, ribs, there you you go, sugar go. ribs. <laughs> nice absolutely well played yeah well played all right gretchen good luck
3: thanks guys have a great evening
4: you too thank you <laughs> Bye. all right if you miss anything from today's show you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on the 101ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tyron Auto Centers. Talk to our guy BT for a full hour in the Cardinals Power Hour to start the show. He told us some thoughts on Jack Flaherty's performance, the Willis Contreras saga, we'll call it. He also had a, an interesting nugget on Tyler O'Neill and what happens when Tyler O'Neill eventually comes off the I.L., We also discussed what we learned in the NHL playoffs to to this date and how we can apply it to the Blues. Uh, We did the lineup game, which did not go well, but we tried. The effort was there. And um, Marsh yelled at the listeners today, so I think it's been a pretty good show. Criticisms and compliments. What do you got, Marsh?
5: Speaking of uh, me yelling at the listeners (laughs) and uh, also forgot... Well, I didn't forget. I lost question number six of the sports six-pack. <laughs> you did. Misplaced and, it. Uh, yeah, misplaced I it. I misplaced it. And you guys were talking about my effort on trying to get that question six. And from the 636, Marshy with some Tyler O'Neill effort. Whoa.
1: That, I, I don't mean, know. It, it kind of fits. Was it bad
2: effort or just bad play? Like, there's a difference. You can have effort and make a bad play.
4: Yeah, I think the way that Marsh bailed on the question. Yeah. Well, I didn't bail. I was looking for it. You were. I did find it though. You were, you kind of looked for it, and then you kind of like, well, I guess that's it.
2: When you yeah. gave up, that was disturbing. So yeah. yes, well, I'll yeah, say. That, I, I think we well, just had perfect. so
4: many listeners
2: texting in. You know, wanting to be a part of the show. I, sure. I lost. I lost where it was. Just don't ever let that happen again. I don't mean losing the question. Don't ever quit
4: the effort. Don't ever exactly. quit. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. More yeah. Jamie on this. Yeah.
5: By the way, the question was, uh, well, you know what? It doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't even matter.
4: No, people want to know. Yeah, What's well, okay.
5: right. the question? We're at the six three six. Is the Flaherty and Contreras situation the same as Robert Bortuzzo fighting Zach Sanford? No. There no,
2: not at all. I don't think it is. No. I mean, if you're looking for your turning point in the season.
4: I don't know. Oh, from that standpoint, a, yes, yeah. yes. They're the, the winning the World Series now.
2: I don't, well, that'd be nice. That would be nice. nice.
5: That would definitely make the 6 1 hate's day.
4: It certainly would. Yeah. Definitely would. I'm getting a little concerned we haven't heard from the 6 1 hate.
2: Oh, no. Oh, we did? Oh, we've heard. We, we checked on him. Today. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Doing okay? He didn't like us checking on him. He didn't? I don't think so. I feel like we care about him. Yeah, we do. We, we care about him a lot. Definitely. All
4: right. Poor guy. Here we got Nuggets Lakers game one pregame. Uh, that's starting at 7 o'clock. We get instant replay coming up now, though. So for Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Salter. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock.
1: See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.